Please forgive all the weird audio and volume issues in this episode. Sometimes technology is great, other times it shits all over you. Welcome to Twisted With Us. In the name of Juggalo Clap Clap, Juggalo Clap Clap, from the front to the back, Juggalo Clap Clap, Juggalo Clap Clap, Juggalo Clap Clap, Juggalo Clap Clap, from the front to the back, Juggalo Clap Clap, Juggalo Clap Clap, Juggalo Clap Clap, from the front to the back, Juggalo Clap Clap, Clap Clap, Clap Clap, from the front to the back, this is our ongoing examination of Twisted. I'm Aaron. I'm Eric. And I'm Robbie. And today we're reviewing 2005's Man's Myth, Volume 1. Shorts, underwear, Crocs, t-shirt, hat that's backwards. Hat? Morning hat, huh? Uggs, miniskirt, baby doll tee, Von Dutch trucker cap. Perfect. Sweatpants, uh, fams in the hooligans t-shirt. Any That's underwear? The... What, what's going on with the, with the undergarment situation? Oh, baby, they don't exist. Oh, shit. Uh, mm-hmm, Eric, mm-hmm. there yes. is this like parody clothing company that's pretty popular <laughs> that have uh, Von Dutch trucker hats replicas that just say Vin Diesel. And I want one so fucking bad, dude. (laughs) I don't want, like, even the joke of that is a thing I don't want to (laughs) wear. It's it's like the first the first reaction is, what the fuck? This guy's wearing a Von Dutch hat in 2023. And then the squint and they're like, does that say Vin Diesel? That's pretty good. Vin Diesel is an interesting character to me because I I don't think of him as a person. I think of him as a character. Uh, There's a lot of times when in a media franchise, there is a shark jump moment and the franchise starts to become a parody of itself, right? It gets silly. It gets over the top. Vin Diesel is one of the few actors I know that as a human being has done that, like jumped that shark (laughs) to become a parody of himself as a human. Was our guy Vin Diesel ever on the other side of the shark? Yeah, there was a there was a point in the probably yeah early two thousands. I would even say that like the pacifier was kind of still yeah maybe maybe the beginning of the end. Here's the thing: I always wanted to be slang, but it never picked up. And I'm so I'm going to put it out here in the world, and just maybe somebody will run with it. Okay, Uh, if something's real like ridiculous or like fucking silly. Uh, I just go like that is the Chronicles of Redick. Oh yeah, I like that. That sounds like a Did thing Aaron Aaron might say. I like that. I'm on board. Yeah, it never it never picked up. I was trying to really get that going in the mid 2000s, and people said no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of escape from Butcher Bay fans out there that were like, we're not making fun of this. Whoa, <laughs> whoa you know whoa. I get it, but either way, you know it's always good to come up with new slang uh, out there at home. So. Yeah, feel free to use yeah. that is the Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, I also uh, a story for another day, but I did uh, organically come up with AF way before it was popular. Did you? But we can we can talk about that another time. I've got did you did you lay to it. claim to it in some sort of public or recorded manner? I used to put it on Facebook a lot. I, like I would tag all my uh, all my photo albums, Portland AF, and it was for Portland as fuck. And then uh like five years later it became a thing and i was like damn that's wild but it's also like pretty 
easy to come to organically. So I, I don't think I was uh, lifted from by any stretch. Oh, hold on. Let me see who owns this. Owns uh, the term AF? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see who, who owns it. Yeah. Who, who do to we got to pay royalties to whenever the we The first it. person to log it on Urban Dictionary by rights owns it. Mm. I think. I think. Okay. Because you can't prove otherwise, right? Uh, to log no. Chronicles of Redick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just stealing that right out from under Robbie. You know what's tough is these aren't necessarily there. Anything with AF in it is is in this, and they're not in chronological order. Let me look at the album that I know I tagged it on. I see one that says 2005. Ooh, that's pretty early. I might be not correct. Hey, are you guys? I'm on Urban Dictionary now. Are you guys aware of what the word of the day is today? No. Okay, it's Guzu, G-O-O-Z-O-O, Guzu. Sure. Apparently, it is a Persian word for a farty person, someone who farts a lot. Oh, I would have totally figured, I would have figured a Guzu is like a a place where you go and all the animals are just coming constantly. (laughs) I was going to say a a place that, like, a, a place where you can go and jack off to, like, photos of animals oh no oh well no, yeah that's like I mean, that's, that's like a chan or something yeah <laughs> yeah those have existed for years that's nothing new oh good hey good, speaking good. of 2005 yeah <laughs> thank god i would love to know what the two mm-hmm. of you were doing in the summer of 2005 uh where you were in life what kind of music you were listening to at the time i want aaron to go first because We've now jumped forward in time to you are now 11. Tell us at 11, Aaron, uh, were you hanging out at the Guzu? Were you <laughs> listening to any different music other than Reliant K? Like, were you on the playground? What was what was the deal? You know, I was not quite uh, tugging at the old Guzu yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm probably still one year away from that. But... <laughs> 11 years old, I was having a great time. I wasn't on the playground oh. too much anymore. Although it's just because me and the playground had some some rough times. So I was just, you know, taking a break for, for both of us, mm. me and the playground. Right. Sure. But I was riding bikes a lot. Uh, it's the summertime. I was 11. I was swimming in the pool a whole heck ton. Being a kid, you know, uh, music wise, I would say I listened to... Uh, I listened to a lot of what my older sisters were listening to because at that point they were like, uh, like college. They, they know, were early, they were in their early teens. college and in, in late teens. Yeah, yeah. So they were. Yeah. I, I was like, all right, they're fucking cool. Their friends are fucking cool. They were listening to a lot of like uh, my oldest sister was listening to very different. By the way, oldest sister was listening to a lot of like rap. A lot of down and dirty south rap like uh you know ludicrous oh, okay uh, okay and shit like that some fucking uh some dj screw and shit like that okay uh, some some houston stuff yeah, yeah yeah real real southern stuff atlanta stuff some houston stuff like southern rap and my other sister was listening to like reliant k and getting super into sort of alternative bands so I was okay. kind of whenever it would depend on on which one of them was driving me around that day, what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it all. I enjoyed it all because I thought 
okay, this is the cool music that fucking cool people listen to. I got to get on this shit. Okay. This is you you being like exposed to that new stuff at this point. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. You went from your parents in the car to your sisters in the car. Yeah. My parents, uh, you know, around 2005, that was actually when my dad started his company. So he was Mm. very much so wrapped up in that. And my mom was very much so working a bunch of hours, uh, extra hours to can like, you know, keep up with bills and stuff while the company gets off the ground. So she was working her other job a lot. Uh, and he was fully encapsulated in getting his company off the ground. Um, you were spending a lot more time with your sisters. If you needed to go someplace, they were driving you and stuff. So you right, were being yeah. exposed to the music they liked. They were driving me or I was, you know, riding my bike with my friends. I was left to my own devices a lot, uh, really from 2005 on. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Big turning point. Robbie, what about you? Well, let's see. 2005 summertime, I just graduated high school and uh, I had some friends that had an apartment. So I was doing anything and everything to just sleep on the couch or a floor there every night and not go home for weeks and weeks on end. Let's see. I was uh, drinking a lot of cheap vodka and uh, staying up all hours of the night with these, uh, these people. We were all freshly adults and it felt good. I was listening to a lot of The Roots, Most Deaf, Talib Kweli, together known as Black Star. Uh, I was listening to a lot of Billy Corgan's The Future Embrace album that came out uh, that summer. I was listening to a lot of CKY. That sounds about right. I think that was about it. Maybe some, like, a lot of Bjork, I think, too. I had an iPod for the first time, and I was putting stuff on it and listening to it. This was a weird era for Bjork. Uh, If you were, I mean, unless you were listening to older stuff, but things, things were getting strange around this time. This was like around the time that like Medulla came out and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So that had come out and was like a a, a noteworthy new release, which led me to the back catalog. Uh, But I did not spend as much time with the new one at the time. It was more just figuring out the rest. Yeah, fair. Uh, Eric, what about yourself? Yeah, in 2005. Now, I I had mentioned this, I think, two or three episodes ago and said, you know what? I was wrong. I was getting ahead of myself. 2005 is when I met Martin, this guy that lived in Norway, and he we met on MySpace and started writing songs together. Uh, He would send me stuff. I would send him stuff. We were just trading back and forth. And uh, we started a a band called Die Like a Hero, which was just us trading tracks back and forth and recording. And uh, I think by this point, when this came out, we had recorded a song or two and then dropped an album later that year. And uh, around that time, I would say I had all but stopped listening to ICP. I bought The Calm when it came out, which was just before this, but it didn't do a lot for me. If you want to, you know what, if you want to hear a lot more about my life and me listening to The Calm and and how ICP sort of exited my life at that time, listen to episode 116, that's story time chapter eight of this show. You'll hear the whole thing. You should probably listen to the previous episodes of it, but that that's where that is. But I would say around this time, I was... There, you know, I went and looked and I'm like, OK, what came out that I was listening to like end of 2004, beginning of 2005 horse, the band mechanical hand had come out and I actually just bought the vinyl of it uh, when it came out for record store day this year. Uh, Bullet for my Valentine, uh, August Burns Red, protest, the hero, darkest hour, 18 visions, 
He is legend. Taking back Sunday from first to last. The Aquabats released Charge that year. And I remember really liking that album because they were kind of a legacy band that I had liked, you know, for the previous years. Uh, Funeral for a Friend, uh, MIA, even Fallout Boy, I think uh, Under the Cork Tree had released that year. Um, but I will say for the majority of those bands, it was probably either their last or only album that I liked because very quickly in the coming years, I ended up moving much deeper into what would end up being like the deathcore scene, you know, in the in the later years. But I think 2003 to 2010, I'm thinking about music at that time and what I liked and how, you know, Psychopathic and I kind of went in opposite directions. I think that decade was a very exciting time for underground music because all these small independent bands and artists were starting to break into the mainstream. You know, your average kids were getting into fashion and listening to bands that brought underground punk and hardcore and metal and rap influences straight to your hot topic. And you could go buy their shirts and you could, in some of them, buy the music and stuff. And a lot of these bands were making super heavy music. And it was kind of cool to see your average kid getting into stuff like that at the time. Um, and I think it was an exciting time to be making music because it's the last time I can remember where it felt like the music industry was still semi intact and labels were grabbing up bands that they thought were the this could be the next big thing. And it felt like maybe you could actually make a career as a musician at that point. You know, yeah. but I think post like I would say 2011 or 2012, I think that all started to go away. Music, cultural distribution, all of those landscapes changed a lot. But I think 2005 and like the few years prior and the several years after was such an exciting time for music. Uh, and I just was not listening to this kind of stuff, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, to wrap, because uh, I forgot part of this, uh, talking about where we were, it was to say where we were in comparison to these these records. And I will say that uh, I saw this in stores a lot at the time and, and picked it up, looked at the front and back and said, oh, these guys are still doing it. Happy for them. You know, but I, I didn't ever hear it. Uh, right. Whereas like Cryptic Collection 3, Chainsmoker, I, those, I had no idea those came out. This one, I think, got a bigger push and I was seeing it around a lot and intrigued by it. But but I, I wasn't going back there quite yet. When I look at the album cover now, it looks familiar, but I don't know if I remember even seeing it in stores. Yeah, this was definitely one that my, my local stores, I think that uh, since everything, like you said, uh, that was smaller underground was kind of mm -hmm. getting a little bit out there. This was, I think, at some point, you know, this this had become a legacy thing and certain record stores were like, yeah, these guys have a new thing there. You know, people will pick it up. Let's put yeah. it out in the front. That's cool. Yeah. Well, so, Robbie, in the last episode, yeah. we left off in November of 2004 when Monoxide dropped the Chainsmoker LP. Now, seven months have passed and mm -hmm. Man's Myth Volume 1 is out. What's the twisted history we need to know before we review this album? Sure. OK, so November 19th, 2004, TwistedShop.com closes officially. Uh, it's announced on InsaneClownPosse.com that all twisted merchandise is now moving back to hatchetgear.com convenient for fans but in a sad way it was kind of the final nail in the coffin for the whole magic records era that whole thing was just completely dead now and we were going back to business as usual from 2002 or whatever that wasn't long it was like what a year or two about two years a year or two when it, it was like a, i'd say a solid year when it was really thriving or you know getting moving and then okay. the fallout with tom dub kind of crushed it right in its tracks daddy j said no more riffraff 
Yeah, he said, hey, let's, in. uh, yeah, we, you sell your wares out of home, son. And they said, yeah. tails between legs. Okay. January 2005, prototypes for the first ever Twisted Action Figures created by Soda Toys appeared on Twisted.com. These were kind of like a action figures as strong as almost more statuey, but it's them kind of intertwined and muscular with braids flying and stuff. Pretty cool. There was a, There's a, a red end. A, a picture in the album, right? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen these. Boy, have I seen them. Uh, yeah, there is. OK, yes, I'm looking I at the, the back panel now where they're choking each other. Kind of they look like they're yeah. fighting. They're muscular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, so that. Jamie's the, yeah, that was actually <laughs> yeah. uh, true to scale. That was to scale. Yeah, yeah, Shit, absolutely. Dude. March 5th, Mansmith and Mutant are officially announced. Oh, they had been teased in the Crypto Collection 3 booklet, but they're officially announced that they're coming out. They're no longer one album, but two separate albums that are thematically bonded in the post about this twisted said that some of the song concepts and ideas for mansmith dated back to before or during the recording of most tasteless and it had some songs that were written in that time period but never recorded which is an interesting nugget to go into this with they said jamie said mansmith is an intense concept album full of new tracks focus on the myths and controversies that drive us all over the edge to the point of no return for example, topics like the government drafting people to fight wars, people getting abducted by aliens, will you go to heaven or hell, do ghosts exist? Basically, some really creepy shit that may make you question your own sanity. Yeah. And then uh, we can get more into this next week, but uh, then thematically, mutant would be who you are on the other side of those things. So society's got a lot of man's myths for you. And then it turns you into the mutant is the is the themes. Oh, I see. Of sorts. Yeah. So then mid-April of 2005, Twisted, Blaze, Esham, Lavelle, ABK, and the ROC fly out to L.A. to film the music video for Story of Our Lives, the first single from the album, and do a photo shoot. Uh, all the pictures from, you know, the album and from promo from this period is from this shoot. And for the music video, they had an effects artist by the name of Mark I believe it's Via Lobos. Do special effects makeup with big prosthetics that, you know, Twisted had to sit in the chair and get Hollywood movie makeup molded and uh, stuff glued to their faces and whatnot. So uh, there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes footage of that on the DVD that comes with one of these albums. Presumably this one, but I can't remember which is which. May 5th, the Mansmith sampler hits the internet uh, mm -hmm. with clips from the album. June 3rd, the Story of Our Lives single was released online. And then June 10th, the Story of Our Lives music video was released, leading us up to the eventual release of the album. Crazy. So basically all the history of this period is them getting ready to release this album. There wasn't a ton of like uh, oh, okay. no, no extra drama it. there. Fair. No, spice free this time around. Okay. So, okay. With that in mind, Eric, what do we need to know about man's myth? Well, Man's Myth, released on Tuesday, June 28th, 2005. This was four months after Jump Steady's Master of the Flying Guillotine, three months after ABK's Road Fools EP, two months after Esham's A1 Yola album, one month after ICP's The Calm, one month before Twisted's Mutant Volume 2, two months before Supervillain's Furious, and the day before Hurricane Katrina made landfall on the U.S. Gulf Coast. Interesting that that was not the very first thing. Like when I was trying to search for things that happened on that date, that was not the first thing that came up. But huh. uh, it, yeah, 
pretty significant. Uh, it also released on the same day as Bizarre's Handicap Circus and the Ying Yang Twins USA United States of Atlanta, which features the Whisper song. Uh, also on the same day as CKY's An Answer Can Be Found, Darkest Hours Undoing Ruin and Scary Kids Scaring Kids, The City Sleeps in Flames. Not that those three are relevant at all to this, uh, just happened to be the same day. And those are albums that I remember listening to. Uh, it was also the same week as the movie War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise came out the same day or same week that the LGBTQ television station logo launched and like a day or two after the Andy Milanakis show premiered. Oh, that is a historical context. Yeah, I somewhat relevant and historical, right? I don't know. Uh, so this album <laughs> is, right, yeah, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> this album is labeled Volume 1 because it's meant to be the first album of a double set with Mutant Volume 2 releasing a month later on July 26th, 2005. But we'll talk about that in the next episode. Damn. Conceptually, from what I'm reading here, and Robbie, you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that Man's mm -hmm. Myth is a hip hop album while Mutant is a rock album. Yeah, we'll get more into the, the the nitty gritty on that next week, but that is the proposed the concept. concept. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So far, we've seen Twisted attempt to do rock stuff, but it all still mostly comes across as rap. So, Mansmith charted at number sixty-two on the Billboard two hundred, number four on the Top Independent Albums chart, and number fourteen on the Top Rap Albums chart. Not great charting positions, but decent. You know, I'd be happy to have albums chart there. I'm surprised that it only hit 14 on the top rap albums chart. Clearly, 2005, we are now starting to see the drop off, right? We are not seeing the same amount of people running out and buying these albums. And I don't know if that's because distribution methods are changing or because people are no longer paying attention to psychopathic now that the sixth has come and gone and that stuff is done. We're seeing some fall off there. I'm not sure what it is, but I would think that unless there was some really hella compelling rap albums out at that point in time, this should have charted higher than 14. That's my thought. I mean, it was a big year. There's you have a lot of turnover in the in the rap world that that time period. We're getting you're starting to get a lot of the southern stuff is popping. Yeah. The climate was wildly different, but yeah. Yeah, I guess the sound of rap was really changing at that point. Yeah. Ma mainstream rap, that is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Much like Monoxide's Chainsmoker LP, production for this album was handled primarily by Fritz, Lavelle, and Twisted, with Isham and the ROC also getting some production credits. Album art and layout are simply credited to Gordon, who mm. has... If you, if you go on Discogs and you click Gordon, it takes you to one other completely unrelated credit... I don't think I think this is an incorrect attribution. Mm -hmm. I think somebody guessed at a Gordon that existed and just linked them. I don't think I don't know. This person probably has done other stuff. I just have no idea. Here's an interesting thing. And this is sort of a point of conversation. I'm looking through the booklet and I realize that Twisted has representation listed. And their management company is the William Morris Agency, which I did some research and it looks like also represented ICP at some point. I'm not sure if you know this, but William Morris is a huge Hollywood agency. 
They have been around since the 1800s and like really even since the golden days of cinema have represented some of the biggest stars. Not that they don't also represent musicians. I think they represented like Eddie Vedder and stuff like that. But like Bill Cosby, Halle Berry, Kate Blanchett, Kate Winslet, Ben Affleck, Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Denzel Washington, the list just goes on and on and on. I was really surprised to see. Now I know that they're I think they merged with Endeavor Group in like 2009 or 10 or something like that. But I had no idea that they were repped by a really huge agency at that time. Same. And I'm interested to see, I mean, that A could account for some of the some of the record store placements I'm seeing. But also, uh, I just wonder to what end? Because like you said, the charting was a little worse. It was about yeah. 10 spots lower than than Green Book debuted. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it wasn't like you were seeing Twisted all over the place at this point. They had some uh, so they got ads for this album, uh, like full full page, you know, color ads in like High Times and Fangoria magazine. But um, it wasn't like you can't turn off the TV or, you know, you can't turn on MTV without seeing the story of our lives video or anything like that. So well, and they weren't showing they were... up like as guest spots on TV shows on MTV and stuff or right. in movies or anything either. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. They had such power behind them and there was nothing really being done with it. Yeah, I, I number one, I'm surprised that they were being repped by a big agency. I could see at some point in the late 90s, early 2000s, a big agency grabbing up ICP and ICP going, these guys come with us and them going fine if that's what it takes. But in 2005, I'm I'm a little surprised, although this could have been late in their tenure with William Morris. I don't know. And they might have been like going you're not our focus anymore. These other people are. We're dealing with other shit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Yeah, it's interesting. Something I've never known. So that's you're giving me a little bit of twisted history. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, in 2016, Mutant Volume 2 was remastered slash sort of re-recorded and re-released. But Man's Myth, as of yet, has never been re-released by either Psychopathic or Magic Ninja. Yeah. Yeah, that, that 2016, I think we'll have to cover that as a as a separate own, uh episode but it's it's everything about it is different besides the vocals it's completely oh, interesting done musically yeah okay well that's the info i've got on man's myth fuck yes well let's start talking about the out al- let's get into the nitty-gritty start talking about this album and let's start with the cd cover uh like eric mentioned we only have one because this has not been re-released at all Let's look at it. I mean, uh, it's you got uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I So when put together, hold on. It, it took me a really long time, but I finally figured it out. You know what it is? Go, go. I do it. know what it is. So at first I just thought it was a swirl of colors. And then I saw a skull just above the Z and I realized that it's a skull in a hood. And then I realized the swirl of colors is a cloak or robes of some sort. It very much looks like a grim reaper type flying or coming towards you. Huh? Okay. Interesting. I'm you know, I'm happy. It's something. Yeah. Do you see the skull and the hood and everything? The skull I do see. Yeah. Now that I'm, 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 now I'm concentrating I'm in on it and I can see, yeah, I can see the skull. Yeah. And it looks like there's a hood around the skull and it looks like there are like flowing drapes of 
stuff around and then as you go down to the edges of it i don't it almost looks like tattered fabric at the bottom yeah it could even be like yeah. a moon behind the skull like skull could could be i yeah. some some of it almost looks like there's also a sun behind the z so there could be a sun and a moon and a moon with a skull in it the the oh, robes shit. flying out at you are speculative but i definitely see a skull i could see a sun and a moon there but for the longest time, I would look at this, and I've looked at it many times over this past week, and I just saw a blur of colors. Yeah. But I, if you go down to the letters Man's Myth Volume 1, just underneath them, you get a little smirky little smile if you look at it right. I don't, yeah, maybe. I mean, I see the it curves, but it like almost smile, looks yeah. like waving like concentric circles from like a drop of water or waves in fabric or something. Could be that, too, yeah. I'm going to say controversially maybe maybe not it doesn't work for me all the way i kind of wish the letters weren't here and i wish it was either this weird collage of colors without the letters something about it looks too um with the title and the group name and everything being so big with all the stuff behind it it's distracting from both of them in a way you know i hadn't thought of that but i think you're a hundred percent correct i now looking closer at this I'd love to see it without the twisted and man's myth over it, because I think it would be yeah. a really interesting cover. I also think the color of the the orange of the twisted mm -hmm. and man's myth, not to say that hue wise, it doesn't work with these, but it's it's so different from the colors in the background. It's like this sort of bold, like hunting orange at, at points. I think it would be a, a way more subtle and interesting image without the blaze orange. I think it'd be really cool if we could get a reprint someday with the Twisted Man's Myth Volume 1 as maybe like a sticker on the jewel case or like a uh, similar to Green Book, you know, like a, a plastic. Oh, yeah. Thing. And then you can pull that right out and see the actual image. Because I think the image artistically is interesting. But the, the I think putting the, the logos and stuff so big on top of it makes it look kind of cheap. I actually think the image would be way more interesting if it wasn't obscured by the logo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In agreement. Well, let's keep on flipping through here. So on the back... Quick question before we flip. What is this volume yeah. one of? If Mutant is volume two, what's the overarching saga that they are the volumes in? Uh, man's Myth and Mutant. Uh, man, Myth, and Mutant, as advertised in the uh, so collection... Man, Myth, and Mutant is the double album set, and then Man's Myth is Volume 1 and Mutant is Volume 2? I mean, really, it's just that they're one and two of each other. I don't know that there's an overarching name with them, besides Man's Myth and Mutant, but, like, yeah, as separate entities. It, it's part one and two of the saga of these albums. Right. But there's yeah. Not, yeah. But, I mean, like, if I said uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are chapter mm -hmm. one and two... You would say, oh, of Star Wars. Sure. So. Of of Twisted. <laughs> I don't oh, know. this is their first and second album. <laughs> well, I mean, they put out later. Like, like, like. Of this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, so. Uh, Star Wars did the same thing. I'm gathering that you don't have an answer for the question. Not only do I not have an answer for the question, there is not an answer to that question. Okay. It's they just, don't have an answer for Man's the question. Volume one and okay. yeah, Mutant Volume two. Okay. They're volume one and two of each other. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Feel feel free to flip through now, Aaron. Okay, let's let's flip. 
uh, on the back, you get what almost feels like an entirely different album vibe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Very, uh, and maybe this is just because of the gargoyle with wings, but very Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, totally. Feeling. I was going to say it, it reminds me a little bit of the cover of What Demons Do to Saints by Beneath the Sky, which sent me down a whole rabbit hole. And that's why I was mm-hmm. posting about them in the Discord this morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, yeah, this gives off like a completely different vibe than the front of the album. Yeah. Uh, first of all, completely different fonts. Nothing, nothing the same as on the front. Twisted is even in like a different stylized sort of font yeah. logo. I think conceptually everything on the back works together, but I don't think it works with this album, like w- with the other vibe of this album artwork that font they used for the track listing is like straight off of a, a man of war or like a hammer fall or yeah. like a iced earth album or something. Absolutely. I thought they just pulled the font from like the Bennigan's menu. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wipe off all of the font. That would be a pretty cool front cover for an album. Yeah, yeah. totally. It looks like it's like a headstone or a graveyard. It looks Again, like a, we've got, temple with stairs this altar yeah like an is altar. this our guy from the front maybe we got the head with the wings and then there's a circle behind its head similar is this uh maybe this could know. be yeah, this know. could be our guy from the front that's a maybe good the point front is his psychedelic uh journey i don't know uh as we continue right. to flip here we're, we're getting into some inserts uh so the back of the front cover like when you open the cd back of the booklet. when you open yeah. up the yeah. cd the back of the booklet is uh, a picture of paul and jamie you know being little goofballs is that like road warriors paint or something they look like a wrestling tag team with they the red kinda, and black yeah this is yeah yeah this was their 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 look for this era was uh red and black with the with the the kind of the points coming off of the eyes as opposed to just the regular circles not a fan Fair. i don't like that I think it looks okay in some pictures. This is not the best picture from these sessions. I would have chosen. So I uh, I thought maybe this was a, clearly it, it looks red here. I thought maybe it was orange though, like IRL. No, it kind of gave mm. off an orange vibe. But uh, I saw other pictures of it too, and it's red. Uh, orange would have been cooler, I think. But uh, you okay, know, yeah, maybe it's fine. There's a story um, here that I didn't read. Yeah, didn't yeah didn't. It, it, it gets into the 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 you know some of the stuff we already talked about some of the stuff we'll talk about going forward in the album I think just how there's a lot uh, a lot of trouble in the world today and uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, and then there's uh, like a bunch of uh, art panels that have like single lines over them. Like the first one says, "Some of them only exist to terrify you," and then some say it's the root of all evil. And I assume that each saying correlates with the picture. Like the some of them only yeah. exist to terrify you is like a a blurry picture of a demon. And then there's a bunch of different global currencies under the root of all evil. We've got a George mm-hmm. Bush with horns. Have you kill for them? I don't know Somewhere, what the stained glass is. Uh, it looks like maybe a, a, a crusades or some kind of war thing. It looks like there's a guy maybe. with a spear going down at people down there. Maybe it's about religious wars, and they're kind of tying that with the George Bush yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll go with that. Um, also, on the, I think the DVD that comes with this, maybe, or with, with, what comes with Mutant, there's some, uh, you can see 
some early sketches Jamie had done that led to these drawings. Uh, like, so specifically the George Bush one, there's like a sketch of him with the skeleton stuff. And then they just kind of did a 2005 CGI replica of the thing he had drawn. Hmm. But that stuff's neat to see if you ever get a chance. Yeah. Some of these uh, images would also be cooler front cover images, I think. Maybe. Yeah. There, I, I think overall I do enjoy what we got here for for, for inside art. It's, yeah. it's a big, thick booklet full of full of conceptual art. We've got some UFO stuff. This next one looks like there's a guy going under a ladder, a broken mirror, spilled salt, black cat. So some luck. Someone's circling the number 13 on the calendar, and it says, stay home today. Might as well. Looks like we have the end of uh, the the story on one of the panels of Doctor Evil staring at a screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're looking at. I think this is maybe government surveillance, and they're looking at a lot of twisted artwork. Yeah, tons of twisted albums. I see them all there. Both Cryptic Collection uh, two covers nowhere near each other, but they're seeing it. Mm. Uh, I see both the the Mansmith and Mutant covers there. Mm-hmm. There's and there's. A, a promo image from the for the advertising campaign for Chainsmoker up there. Yeah. Um, also like enjoy how the George Bush one made it into the. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it made a monitor cut. There's a gnome. Mm-hmm. There's just a gnome. Yeah, I don't know why that's there. <laughs> this, these guys are really observing a lot of mostly twisted, but some other random. Most, shit. Mostly twisted. Yeah. yeah. I think I see some killer whales as well next yeah. to the green book. Well, there. you got it. You got to keep an eye on those guys. Yeah, they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. CD's got a drippy Frankenstein eyeball on it. We've got an mm-hmm. ad for the Soda Toys figure and CC3 and Chainsmoker. And then uh, the sequel the to the show Purple Show. DVD. Yeah. Never came out. Yeah. No mm. such DVD. No. Exists. The curse of the advertising beforehand. And mm-hmm. then. Never, never ends up coming out. A super villains ad. Yeah, did come out. It did. <laughs> yeah, that one got missed somehow. That one fell through the cracks. Then there's an ad for <laughs> where you gonna go? Where you gonna be when the hatchet attacks the entire psychopathic family all together for the first time on one stage for one night? Is that true? Why would that be the first time? Uh, well, I don't think there was ever a show like a one-off show. That was all those people. But for the record, this did not happen. They <laughs> had these shows down the line, but never with this lineup and not at this date. I think the first one ended up being 2008, I want to say, right around the time Opaque Brotherhood came out. So by then you have AMB, Boondocks, mm. No Esham, No ABK. But this was the beginnings of an idea. They're going to start doing. And this is also actually saying it's the Denver Coliseum. By the time they actually do it, it is Red Rocks. In ah. Uh, do you notice on that list of artists, only ICP has a trademark logo next to their name? That huh. is interesting. The rest of them, steal it. Yeah. Take that shit. If you want to be Esham, go for it. <laughs> I've always wanted to be Esham. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, that and that though. rounds out what's here. Yeah, that's that's the cover. Yeah. That is Man's Myth, Volume 1. It is. Ain't nothing left but the music. Well, shall we get into track by track? We must. We must. All right. We're going to start with track one. Introduction, Eric. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this intro? Got some issues with this intro. 
First of all, the RIAA is not a rating board. It's the Recording Industry Association of America, and this is the group that certifies album sales. So if you get a gold or platinum album, that comes from the RIAA. The MPA, known as the MPAA before 2020, is the Motion Picture Association, which rates movies. The description they give for an NC-17 rating is actually the description for a restricted or R-rated movie, which is under 17 requires accompanying parent or guardian. The NC-17 rating is exactly what it sounds like. No children or no one under the age of 17 admitted with or without an adult guardian. Oh, they probably feel like idiots right now. I'm just going to say they're sitting there with egg on their face. Yeah, totally. This feels like a really long intro track. The first time I started listening to it, I was like getting ready for work in the morning and I just had it playing. And I was like, did I start with the right track? Is this the beginning of the album? Because it just keeps going. (laughs) It's like over two minutes long. And I was like, wow, okay. I'm confused by this intro, man. It starts out with Paul and Jamie giving some like faux news clips about war and government and fighting. And then it quickly descends into talking about alien sightings and abductions. And after every clip, it says myth no matter what they're talking about. And I'm like, some of this stuff, I'm not sure if just saying myth gives me enough context to understand what you're telling me is a myth. I do feel like they're trying to say something or they think they're trying to say something, but I can't really figure out what it is from this. So I was hoping that the rest of the album is going to clarify. And we will talk about it from song to song because they do touch on most everything in this intro in other songs. It wraps up with Shaggy as a news reporter, kind of losing his shit in the midst of some chaos. And then Jamie talking about being judged after you die, which kind of leads you right into the next song. Genius was a complete nightmare on this one. So I had to go through and redo the whole track for the most part. Uh, I don't have enough time to fix the rest because the rest of this album is in bad shape. But uh, yeah, uh, confusing intro to me. Not bad sounding, but kind of confusing. Robbie, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not super confused by this. I think I get what they're putting down, which is just that uh, the mid 2000s turbulent times, baby. We got war. We got uh, Catholic priests uh, molesting kids. We got out of court settlements for stuff like that. And I think maybe celebrity stuff involving uh, some some sexual aliens bad time. Uh, well, aliens also are there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think they're basically just trying to say the state of the world is pretty fucking messy right now and chaotic. And I think the myth part, I don't think they're quite using the word myth correctly, but I think what they're getting at is just like the power with which you believe in these things may or may not be, you know, like they may, some of these things might be a little fishy and maybe you shouldn't, you know, fully put your belief in things like wildly upset newscasters and, 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 so out of court settlements. They're saying all like these that. news clips are fake news. Uh, no, I don't think they're saying that. I think they're just saying that <laughs> that we don't need. You know, um, let me let me word this correctly. Take a step back and really look at what's going on, but uh, but maybe don't get caught up in the emotional chaos of it. Mm. It's my you heard opinion. it here first, folks. Robbie's telling you to mistrust the liberal media. Yeah. Um, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> and you know what go ahead and mistrust the uh conservative media too <laughs> just go ahead and mistrust the media there one question i have though aaron what are your thoughts uh yeah i think that uh you know 
Eric kind of ran through exactly what it was perfectly. I think that it felt a bit long. The production value was okay. I think execution wise, it was fine, but uh, it seemed a bit unfocused and long. So yeah, I, I, I agree with Eric. I, I think that it was, there's a general idea there, but maybe it needed to be honed in just a little bit more and also like 15 to 20 seconds shorter. But those are my thoughts. Well, right. fair enough. Let's go on to the song that that leads into. Actually, as Jamie is talking, it splits between the tracks. So what he says at the end of the intro continues on into the next song, which is called Karma. Robbie, talk to us about Karma, not the concept, this song. Right. Not the uh, concept or the Violent J version of the concept, but the actual song. Or you could talk to us about Karma Forest, the Violent J album that never came out. Or the recent Taylor Swift song, Karma. What if I just accidentally had notes on that here? Um, I'd listen to you I talk think it's about it. Karma is her boyfriend. I don't know what that means, but it's interesting. Hmm. That's just for me and the Swifties out there. Of our audience, maybe three. Uh, <laughs> Massive crossover. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I love the song Karma by Twisted. I think it's a great first track on the album. Uh, it's got a, a, a dark kind of brooding vibe. Uh, I think... One thing overall that we get in this album is some of the vibes that I think we had in like a Cryptic Collection 3 in those dark beats and kind of brooding atmospheres. But I think here the songwriting is a little stronger. So we get bigger hooks and whatnot, which 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 I'm excited for. Um, I think Madrox kills this first verse. He's just uh, wrapping it up, you know, wrapping his little tail off. And I'm here for it. I think the hook's really cool. It's got a good vibe. I love the beat, uh, like the the gruff Madrox voice coming to reminiscent of some of the stuff from the most tasteless and freak show era where he would do that real gravelly voice. I'm happy to hear that here. Overall, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I like this song a lot. I think uh, at the time they were doing some, sh you know, when they would tour, they would open with this. And I think it's a really good uh, set opener. Uh, yeah, I got I got nothing but positives on, on Karma. Aaron, let's take it down a notch. What negatives do you have? Hey, uh, we'll have to wait to see what Eric feels about karma because i pretty much have overwhelming positives on this one i think that this beat is simple and dark and as robbie always loves to say in previous episodes give me a simple beat to rap over and let them fucking shine and that's exactly what happens in this song i think they do great jamie's first verse hard as fuck the chorus catchy it's not unlistenable can i tell you guys this the chorus on this song and and pretty much a lot of songs going forward today breath of fresh air from last week absolute breath yeah. breath of fresh air <laughs> yeah. from last week and i'm so excited this this hook is great this song goes hard this is a great kick in from the intro i think that uh like eric was saying it sort of meshes in it cuts jamie's sample midway between the songs i think that meshes well I think it rolls into, uh, you know, talking about karma and and uh, the overall themes of the album begin. I like it. Eric, what are your thoughts? I think this is a this is a really interesting track for Twisted because I don't think this is usually the type of subject matter they focus on, or at least not this transparently, because they're really very directly talking about the struggle between good and bad, like in a very human, moral and social sense. Right with the focus on what's going to happen after you die. 
you know, are you are you going to heaven or hell based on how you lived in your life? They even talk about faith and a lack of faith in non-believers here. This track thematically is very Raythera ICP, and it's interesting to hear it show up just like on main on the first track on this album. Uh, I mean, I guess we heard some things like this as they touched on it in Tales from the Lotus Pod, like not quite so directly, but you could hear some of that coming through when they are doing their verse about lashing out against a perfect circle for being anti-God and stuff like that. Uh, but that's the only place I can think about Twisted being so directly moral and religious as they are on this song. I think it's a good track, though. I think the music sounds good. I think the raps sound great. The hook is cool. I like Jamie in the hook kind of struggling with what's going to happen when I die, because I've basically spent as much time sinning as I have praying, right? Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure if I like this because it's an evolution of Twisted or because it reminds me of Wraith Era ICP, just done Twisted's way. Uh, there's, But there's a lot of ICP inspiration here thematically, especially coming out of the past three years of music that they had released. Even the name, as you mentioned, Karma is a very Violent J thing. You know, he gets hung up on specific words and phrases. And for a long time, Karma was one of those words. So hard for me not to hear some ICP influence in this, but I think it's a great track. Oh, yeah. yeah I can see that. I can see you in the sense maybe like, icp influence like in conversations they had had musically i don't hear any of that uh no not musically just thematically and lyrically yeah i think maybe these guys might have had some conversations about these things and 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 whatever whatever but to what to your point i love the where they say you know truthfully i did a little of both yeah like we'll see yeah we'll see what happens (laughs) yeah (laughs) well shit should we move on to the next goddamn mother fucking song we should. Okay, I'm gonna swear a lot this episode. By the Perfect. way, Perfect. Good. Good. That's yeah. your, that's I've, you've you've made a resolution. I've got a word of the day calendar. They're all swears. Okay. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Well, our next song, track three, "Story of Our Lives." Aaron, talk to me about the story of our lives. Well, I was but boy, and your mother was but a girl. I don't know <laughs> the sure. song. By Twisted, story of our lives. Karma kind of rolls right into this song as well. Not in the same way that the introduction rolled into Karma, but, uh, you know, it kind of rolls right in. I think this beat is cool as hell. I think that the hook is really good on this one. Uh, This feels like a nice little Twisted introduction song talking about their lives, right? And it's fun. I I think that the... The hook, even though it's a little bit repetitive, I think it's it's still really, really solid and well thought out, which is something that I've wanted them to start doing for hooks uh, for, I feel like, a little while now. Especially after the last album. Yes, especially after the yeah. last album. Unload a microphone in your dome like it's a gat. Like that line. I like that line a lot. That's good. It, yeah, I think that it goes really hard. They're, they, and this is sort of gonna, you know, the rest of the album is pretty much like this as well. They tone down the beats a little bit, still have, they're still good like vibes uh, and still bring out a good sense of what the song is going to be like uh, as far as beats go, but they're more simple and they're just running with them with their verses. And, and this song is no different. Big fan, big fan. Eric, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, this is another track that although it sounds like Twisted in music and in delivery, I hear ICP influence in it again. We've got Paul talking about having been around since 1865 and Jamie out here saying, we're not trying to get rich. We're just trying to reach people. We're just trying to get our message to you. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I've heard this somewhere before, right? But uh, it's it's a good song. I like the way it sounds. I hate the line, incredible edible white chocolate rappers. Don't like that at all. Uh, I had to stop and re-listen to him spelling twisted in reverse because I was like, wait a minute, is that right? And I was like, oh, yeah, it is fun. Okay. I thought for a second, I'm like, that's no, he's got him out of order, but it was correct. The last 90 seconds of this song, though, is a weird skit. You got one dude calling another dude. And at first it's fine. It's like, hey, what's up? What's up? And then immediately to crying, like just whimpering, crying hysterically. And I. All I can gather from it is you're not going to tell anyone, right? And the other guy going, what did you do? You're not going to tell anyone. What did you do? And I'm like, what is going on? And they never clarify what the fuck they're talking about. And I'm like, is that the idea just for the absurdist factor of it? Because I'm like, it's kind of funny, but I'm also really curious. And maybe that's what they wanted. I don't know. Yeah. So this, I completely forgot to bring this up in my thoughts. Spotify, thankfully, has that entire skit annotated out correct they're like okay. in-app lyric uh lyrics as correct as i can understand it to be okay uh i followed along pretty closely yes and it is exactly that eric it is yeah it's mm-hmm. just you're not going to tell anybody right you're not going to tell anybody i'll like i'll kill you if you tell somebody just like and it never goes anywhere and it never gets explained on the album yes yeah. yeah. Uh, What's happening here? Outside that it's skit, absurd. I like this song. I kind of wish they had put this skit on a separate track, but yeah, or gotten rid of it altogether. Yeah, they could have just skipped this. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, or just, It yeah. doesn't really set up the next song. It doesn't add to this song. It feels really randomly thrown at the end of this, and it's a minute and a half long. It's like Yeah. It, it I don't know. Robbie, what are your thoughts on the story of our lives? Before I get to the song itself, I'll, t- I'll talk skit since we're there. Uh, okay. Um, I I had a thought when I was listening to this. First of all, so the skit is uh, it's Lavelle on the phone crying, uh, dashing some things that I had said a couple weeks ago. No longer do I think uh, crying on the phone isn't necessarily <laughs> a gateway to good songs. <laughs> Only if it starts the song. This is at the end. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's where they went wrong. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's Lavelle crying on the phone and and uh, and Paul answering. And it does go nowhere. I was thinking about this between this and our episode last week. Twisted. Largely bad skits. Yeah, uh, so far. <laughs> there are a handful I can think of over the career that, that I that I really do think are pretty funny, even some more recent ones. But uh yeah, in this time period, they are putting long mediocre ass skits on the records and uh i don't need them because you know what i will say now that that's out of the way this song fucking rules i love this song story of our lives absolute banger i think the beat's great the hook's great the verses are great uh, there's not a thing i could say negative about this uh i think the line uh you know we write voodoo sayings on the backs of t- or on the fronts of t-shirts so that when people read them, they will become creatures. Is yeah, super cool. That's as good. A concept. Yes. Yeah. That one's awesome. Um, yeah, I like the backward spelling. Uh, we've kind of teased the boys a bit recently for doing too much spelling of their names and the group name, but 
hey, throwing it backwards, fresh take. I like it. Yeah, again, we've got both of these guys all over this so far, just just wrapping their asses off, which I think we I've I've kind of been missing, honestly. I think in 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 Cryptic Collection three and Chainsmoker, I think Chainsmoker had a lot of good rapping, but not like this feels fiery. Like they're yes. geared up, fucking. Yeah. Rap. Oh yeah. Yeah. They both are bringing heat on these tracks. Yes. Yeah, and they're using the juxtaposition between the two of them really well. In that, like Monoxide's always going to have the little, well, for this time period at least, always going to have a little bit of a slower flow, a little bit more of a a measured, you know, things that he's saying and whatnot. And then Monoxide or Madrox comes in and just kind of tears it to shreds, which. Yeah, I mean, great duo work. I miss the boys being together. Uh, again, the hooks are better for it. The 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 song structures are better for it. I I didn't dislike Chainsmoker, but but you really hearing them back on track together with purpose, which I think is something that was like lacking in Crypto Collection Three. I feel like the elements are back in full swing on this record, and we're we're getting we're getting what we came to the party for, and I'm happy to hear it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, by the time I was just a few tracks in here like by by the point i was i was as far in as we are uh i was like okay okay i feel very relieved because mm-hmm. twisted is back to being twisted here was this when you yeah. texted me that probably okay okay yeah because at some point a few days ago eric texted me i'm feeling really good after listening to a little bit of man's myth I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, now I'm now I'm stoked to actually start getting into it. Yeah, because I know coming off Eric, coming off Chainsmoker, you were a little worried about where this goes for you. Yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad to hear, you know, they welcomed you back with some classic twisted stuff. And I'm wondering, not that I think this song is it necessarily, but um, it's interesting. And I don't know how much actually happened, but they talked about the fact that some of the stuff they had conceptualized or even written parts of or whatever back in the most tasteless era. And I'm really curious what that would be on this album. And we can get to it as we, as we go through stuff. But I, I mean, so far, I don't hear any of it. I feel like they, they feel like they're, you know, maybe they came up with the concept of this is the story of our lives or a song about karma or something back in the day. But they sound so fresh and so yeah. elevated here from past yeah. stuff that i just i can't imagine it would have been that old but, i don't yeah. hear a lot of most tasteless in any of these songs really outside of maybe early on they were writing closer with icp and that's where some of these early tracks you're feeling some of that you know uh, a little bit of influence or similar notes here and there if anything i would say that these songs feel a little more similar to green book than they do most tasteless yeah yeah it's definitely the 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 continued you know yeah trajectory yeah from from green book yeah hell yeah well we ready to get into the next track let's go let's do let's it. go track number four won't die eric won't you please tell me your thoughts i will my first thought is for the third track in a row i'm gonna say sounds like twisted but feels like it has a lot of icp influence this one thematically gives me some I want my shit vibes in the sense that it's about people trying to kill them, but they won't die. They just live forever. I, I, I guess Paul is 105 at the time of this recording based on this yeah. song. Uh, I think Jamie's verses, especially the second one where he's talking about being chained to the hood of a car and then like gets tossed in the in the lake or whatever. It gives me big Ham Shabam vibes, the way he's telling the story and the way he's like sort of frantically delivering that's not a bad thing. I like that. That's cool. I said some of this stuff reminds me a little bit of Green Book. 
this this actually reminds me of Green Book mixed with like uh, most tasteless reissue kind of vibes in a way, maybe partially because Violent J is on the hook and you hear his voice coming through. Uh, This is a cool song. I actually really like this. I'm not sure Paul knows what a concubine is, but I think it's a good song. Uh, Robbie, what do you think? Yeah, I also think this is a cool song. Um, Also funny that we just talked about how nothing on here sounds most tastelessly. And then you said it reminds you of the nationwide most tasteless. So maybe maybe this is one of the early ones. Just in some of the vibe. Yeah, but maybe. Yeah. And and this is a theme that we we hear time and time again. Like you mentioned, uh, I want my shit. There's also a track on One Less G we went through that basically has this concept of, you know, keep coming at me i'll keep being alive but i think they do it a cool way here i like the back and forth in each verse i like that it's you know little mini verses from each kind of picking up where the other left off at times and just talking about you know i feel like we don't need 16 bars necessarily about not getting killed but i think the the little mini verses between the two keeps the momentum cool violent j used tastefully which we've talked about before yeah tasteful little hint of his voice chef's kiss really really works for me is Jamie calling a body of water, lake, river, stream? Drink. A drink? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, what, is that a thing? It is a thing. That's like an old-timey kind of thing uh, in the drink. Okay. It's a, it's like an old, like, I feel like an old gangster or even like old pirate kind of term in the drink. Huh. I love that then. Yeah, I, when I heard it, or I was reading along with Genius, and I was like, that can't be right. And then I was, I was like, no, he is saying that, but it's a... It's an interesting term. I didn't realize it had such origins in old timeiness. Yeah. makes me like it more. Uh, but generally, by the time we're here, I'm like, damn, this album is crushing it. We're, we're, we're three for three on the songs, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Same. Um, yeah. Aaron, uh, talk to me about this. Where are you at? Uh, so the drink was the drink, an ocean or other large body of water that is entered unintentionally. Now, this was created in August 8th, 2007 by Urban Dictionary user Way Cool Rich. That guy sounds cool as hell. Oh, so he yeah. owns that phrase? Yeah, the drink. Good, good. Let, well, hold so up. origin's not... <laughs> Let me look up the etymology of it and see if we can go back further. Uh, Bob got drunk and put his car in the drink. It says, in the drink, in or into a body of water... It looks like one of the earlier quotations uh, dates back to 1907 is the first time that it mm. was in print. Wow. Old. But I think it goes back much further. That's just the first instance in print. Crazy. Uh, but my, oh, but yeah, thoughts Aaron, on, thoughts? Uh, my thoughts on <laughs> Won't Die is that uh, this is the first song, Eric, where I really got big ICP vibes. I'm glad you brought it up a few songs previous. I'm getting that big time here. I love it. I think that the concept is cool. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I like the fact that they split up the verses to to both feature between the hook each time. I think it's a nice little way to break it up. I think you the use of Violent J here was fantastic. The hook is so good. The beat is awesome. I really fucking like this song. Nice. All right. Hell yeah. Well, let's move on to track number five. This one's called Get It Right. And like a lot of tracks on this album, you hear additional vocals by other artists that aren't uh, featured, but you've got Lavelle and Blaze doing some extras on this one. Robbie, what do you think about Get It Right? Yeah. So this is uh, getting us right 
into the, the meat of our themes here uh, that take us back to the intro. You know, we open, we got Monoxide kind of touching on the, the Catholic Church molestation controversies. He's feeling sacrilegious and he's so mad at the church because they're covering this up. And and uh, it's it's this is in itself just this opening half a verse is like some of the most topical stuff I think they've ever put on a record. So it's interesting to see them kind of like making an intentional you know, move towards like current events and themes as opposed to just spooky boy stuff. You know, this is not this is this is not really a horror core album in as much as it like touches on the horrors of the world or whatever. Uh, I think that's interesting. I think Monoxide does a really good job of that. And I think they play off of each other really well in that, you know, Paul does that and he's talking about very, something very specific, something very real world. And then we go right into Jamie who's saying, you know, ask yourself. Are there really things that go bump in the night? Or we're taught, you know, we're taught as children to have fright for things that might live or breathe or might not even exist. Because fear, son of a bitch, a man smith. Uh, we get the album title. We get some some more kind of abstract, ghosty, spooky, boogeyman stuff coming right after that very heavy real world topic. Uh, I think that's cool. I said the chorus is okay, which, you know, I, I, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's super, super memorable, which is fine. There's some some talk of over medicating, some talk of aliens. Uh, the Monoxide's second verse here, chilling to me, and one of my favorite things on the album as a whole, and something I think about regularly. It's such a well crafted vignette. It's again half a verse, eight bars, and it's you know he goes from waking up right in the middle of a situation. The girl he's with is lying there bleeding on the mattress. She's been on pills. He was unaware of this. And then she killed herself. And now from the depression or the PTSD or whatever of that, now he's taking the same pills that she was hooked on. I think that wraps it in a little bow very nicely. And it's just like a really cool, little cool little vignette, like I said. So, yeah, I again, big fan of this song. I like a lot of what they're doing here. It's not as strong as some of the others we've heard so far. But I think as far as like meat, you know, in the middle album track, Carries us along nicely. Happy to hear it. Uh, Aaron, what are your thoughts on Get It Right? I, I think that they got it right here. Uh, yeah. No, I think that uh, these verses are so fucking great. They're working the beat so well. This is a nice, darker, simple beat. And it, it, it makes you feel everything that they say. And Monoxide's second verse, I have, holy shit, it's incredible. You're right. It sort of wraps it up. And the ending line, I think, is what really makes it because uh, it wraps it up into like this this nice fucked up little present of a of a verse and cannot uh, cannot commend him enough for that. The hook, I think uh, it might be one of the weaker ones on this album, but I still really enjoy it. I think that it's on theme on brand perfectly. This is yeah, this is a really good song. Nothing. There's nothing that like super stands out as making this like, oh, this is a one of the best tracks on the album by far, no doubt about it. But it carries us along nicely, and there are some great elements in here. And Rob, yeah, Rob, you pointed out most all of them. Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, on the first couple listens, I was like, oh, this is a cool song. This is a song about like questioning your faith or at least struggling to stay on the righteous path or being tempted by sin or the church doing things that, you know, rattle your faith in them. And if you just listen to the first verse in the hook and then kind of tone out for the rest, that's what you'd think the song is about. But every verse is kind of 
running down a different path here. You've got, you know, we're being lied to as children in an effort to like condition us to be controlled as adults, which I guess you could tie back to religion in some capacity, although they don't directly do it. They don't say, you know, we're taught to believe in things that may or may not be real. Why? And is that you know, do they don't tie it back to the church there necessarily. After that, you've got a verse about how we are generally over-medicated because it's profitable for the pharmaceuticals industry and also how mental illness is hereditary. And we have the verse that you were both talking about where Paul is talking about his girl overdosing on prescription drugs and then his doctor prescribes it to him to help him cope with her death, which I think is the one verse in here that really makes a statement by not just talking about a topic, but kind of having something to say about that topic. Following that, then I'm like, wait, where are we going? A verse about being spied on by maybe the government using satellites, which is then followed by a verse about maybe also being spied on by satellites, but also computers and misinformation and people being controlled by fear. I think this song is all over the place thematically. And lyrically, it's all over the place. It sounds good, but I would have loved to see them choose a topic or topics and focus in and have something to say about it and then separate out the other topics and say, let's make a song where we talk about, you know, being controlled by fear and how we are taught as children to believe things and how as adults, we still have people that are questioning our ghosts real or aliens real let's make a statement about that. Do we believe that we are being conditioned to believe? I don't think this song does. I don't think it's focused. I think it's them touching on a lot of things. And that's going to be be a theme for the album, just like the intro was. Again, if you just listen on the surface, great. If you start paying attention, you're like, yeah, but what are you talking about here? What are you really saying aside from bringing up topics that are, are pertinent right now? So I like the song. But I also wish that they would have honed in and focused a little more and saved some of these topics for other places where they could hone in and focus on them. All right. Fairly put. Okay. I was listening while you were talking, but I was also uh, zoning out because I am so high. <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. I was, I was listening very intently. But our next song is called So High. And it features Violent J on the verse with additional, uh, you know, backing vocals and, and hook singing by Lavelle and Blaze. And Aaron, I would just adore for you to tell me what you think of this. Yeah, so Monoxide wasn't quite done talking about smoking after a full album about it because he needed to get in right on on the first verse to get more shit out. Uh, this is a song about smoking. I think that this hook is uh, kind of catchy, but a little lazy. Uh, beats a little bit weak. Yeah, this is a song that's not too. It's just, yeah, it's just a song about smoke smoking and, and and being with your with your buds and just and smoking it up. We've had some dark stuff on this album so far, so let's go ahead and lighten it up a little bit with "Get High." Uh, I think it does its job fine. I'm not going to rush to listen to this song again. Hearing Violent J was pretty cool uh, in a proper verse, you know, nice, nice little tonal breakup. You know, you also get, got Blaze hopping in there as well. And then there's a skit at the end that was entirely way too long again. Yeah, 
those are my thoughts. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts? This song is important. This song brings everything into focus because as much as I love that Twisted is talking about topics that seem important to them and things that are huge social and political issues currently at the time, their messages are confusing. It seems like stream of consciousness, sort of this unfocused ideas that fail to really form a coherent message. And then we get to so high and all of a sudden it all makes sense. They got high, watched the news, got into a deep conversation about war, society and religion, which then devolved into a paranoid delusion about how we're being spied on by satellites and how aliens are real. And now I get it. That's what this is. This is we had those conversations. We made them into songs. And as far as weed songs go. I actually really like the vibe and music of this one. I, you know, Aaron, you thought this was a weak beat. I like this beat. It's got a little bit of that West Coast vibe, which doesn't usually work for me. But this is a chill sounding song. Probably the best Twisted Weed song sonically to me so far, just because I kind of like the vibe. I wouldn't skip this. And if it was about something else, I'd probably really like it. But I don't dislike it. If I'm listening to the album... I'm going to let this play because I like the way it sounds. And it's followed by that skit you were talking about, which to me is basically part two of the I'm out skit from the Chainsmoker LP. It's just reversed. You've got the the dude kicking the woman out. She's on the phone talking about things and he wakes up and he's like, I don't even know who you are. Get out of here. But there's no funny twist on this one, really, unless that is the funny twist. However, I think that this skit would better go after the next song. I think it would give the skit context and maybe make it funnier. I don't know. Uh, Robbie, talk to me about So High. <laughs> oh, I will. Uh, yeah, to me, this is a classic Twisted Weed song. Uh, I think, like like Eric said, I think the beat's really cool. I like the whiny West Coasty synth. I think it's, it's, it's a laid back beat, which I think obviously works for this uh, subject matter. The chorus is a great little live performance you know sing along if you don't think the microphones are pointed out for that oh you got another thing coming <laughs> i like blaze singing on here i like that the aliens are also smoking weed i think uh, or <laughs> yeah. they're at least sitting with him i want them to go back in time and, and have a music video for this where you've got paul on a couch joints in hand and aliens on either side of him just also just blazing up uh, i could picture it i can see it yeah i uh, maybe a you know like the 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 light that seems almost like a TV cue coming on you. Mm. Pause. Yeah, I like that. Jay does pretty good on here. I think he like raps pretty well and sounds uh, competent. Some of his lines are. We talked uh, maybe last week, maybe two weeks ago about how sometimes when he gets into like regular rapper topics, he he's a little bit somebody's grandpa. Uh, <laughs> but I think he overall does pretty well here. There's something about weed, Violent J, that always kind of strikes me as like, me too, huh, guys? I, uh, I have talked about that so much across the course of this show. The point when mm -hmm. Violent J started smoking weed, it always felt disingenuous. And as much as I do like his verse on this album, the way he sounds and delivers it because it feels like golden era Violent J, I just don't. Violent J talking about weed just doesn't work for me, especially when he's trying to talk about like his weed cred. And that's what this is. 
Yeah, it's a little making up for lost time, like nerdy guy trying to hang out with the cool kids vibe to me, which is, you know, it is what it is. That's who that's kind of who Violent J is in a way. He's a nerdy guy and he hangs out with cool kids sometimes and I think he holds his own. But uh but overall, yeah, I'm I'm not weed Violent J is not my favorite Violent J, but I still think he does a competent job here and I don't think the song is better or worse for him being on it. I think it just he is on it. And the skit is horrible. <laughs> I fucking hate that skit. I agree, though. It might be actually better if it closed out the next track because it would make more sense. I think it's Isham, maybe, who is awoken, maybe. confused in this lady's room. Uh, but overall, yeah, it's um, wildly unnecessary and takes me back to my point from earlier that uh, maybe maybe Twisted don't have the best skits in no. the game. And, and, and maybe they could do less of them or at least get a get a skit editor i'm sure some of these are scripted you know pass the script for someone to punch up and maybe cut some lines because this could be a 35 second skit i don't know how long it actually they're all too but it feels like it's it feels eight minutes long yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah this one feels very long (laughs) yeah but yeah that's that's me that's so high hell yeah that's Robbie while he's so high. Can we move never on to track coming. seven? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're never Love coming. To. Perfect. Well, track seven, named off the chain. Let's see if Eric thinks if it's off the chain or not. Eric, what do you think? I think I was surprised that they put two weed songs in a row. And this one is not just a weed song, but also a sex song. It's a song about how smoking weed or this specific weed makes every woman look beautiful, even when they aren't. It's like the beer goggles song, but for weed. And uh, they are fully aware that this is what happens and that the women that they are going home with are not the women they think they're seeing, but they're cool with it. They're like, I'm just going to get high. And that way, I th- whatever I think is ha- it's like perception is reality and they're aware of it. And they're like, I'm cool with that. Uh, I don't like the music on this song at all. It feels chaotic. And to use Aaron's term, this feels this is a very busy beat and not in a good way. I don't mind a layered beat, but this one felt like I was, you know, going to have a panic attack listening to it. Not literally. I shouldn't joke about that stuff, but it was really disruptive. Also, I just want to say, if you weren't sure when this album came out from all the George Bush and Iraq war and stuff references the list of celebrity women that they rattle off would tell you everything you need to know because they're comparing (laughs) they're saying here are the most beautiful women and they list Madonna and JLo and they don't even call her Jennifer Lopez they call her JLo so that tells you something Halle Berry Anna Nicole Smith Gwen Stefani Fergie Britney Spears Charlize Theron Angelina Jolie Jenna Jameson Vivica Fox, Vita Vita Guerra. I had to look that person up. I didn't even know who it was. Apparently, oh, I did not have to look up Vita Guerrera. No, she's like a FHM model that was apparently also on a couple episodes of Chappelle's show at that point. Okay, I'm looking her up now because I have no idea. Yeah, Beyonce, Paris Hilton, Gretchen Wilson, who I also had to look up and was a country singer that had a song called "Redneck Woman," and then Ashley Simpson and Jessica Simpson. Now. I will say some of these names are still relevant today, and we could have a much bigger conversation about monoculture and how we are afraid to move on from something that was profitable or you know well known 20 years ago. But aside from Beyonce, 
I doubt any of these names would show up in a rap song about the hottest celebrities, uh, partially because <laughs> most of them are probably in their 50s, maybe 60s. Uh, and it's just really funny to listen to. I guess some are in their 40s and stuff. But uh, this is a song I would be OK with just leaving off the album. This one does nothing for me. Uh, <laughs> Ro- Robbie, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, so conceptually, this is the weirdest. This is uh, the, my first note on my notes just says this is literally not a thing uh (laughs) like i have i have smoked a lot of weed in my day and there's not a correlation with just getting horned up and just seeing all the ladies out there just as sexy little (laughs) that's why i clarified Uh, that it was that specific weed because they keep referencing this weed so i thought maybe Okay, maybe it maybe it's a strain I've I've not come across. I don't know. I it just seemed like they were saying that like anytime they're high, they're just out here looking at the ladies and can't help themselves. Like uh, <laughs> like you said, like a beer goggles thing. Yeah. But like weed goggles is not a thing. It's just it's like it's more likely to make you just like standoffish and quiet and like zoned out than than just ravenously horny. Uh, so I don't know where the fuck the concept for this came up. And maybe, you know, maybe they're living a different life than I am. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think it's kind of a fun song musically and 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 whatnot. Like, I think the rapping on it is good. I think the the chorus has some bounce to it. But yeah, the, the, the premise is just so weird and false that it takes me out of it. Although I've had the 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 average ass titties uh, concept from this stuck in my head probably since I first heard the song, just because I weirdly don't think I ever in my life before hearing this considered the idea that like, say you're on the road, you're getting flashed, whatever, and just be like over it. Be like a uh, mid, you know, uh, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of boobies out there and these ones, nah, who cares? Uh, <laughs> Yours so, are nothing special. Yeah. Mid range. But yeah, ultimately I think the song takes away from the album. I don't think it's, serves much of a purpose here outside of I think what they're trying to do if I'm putting my executive producer hat on is put something fun on here because it's it's a pretty like grim heavy sounding album and I think they were like oh we got to have a you know pacing wise we got to have something that we can dance around to or whatever but uh, I don't think it necessarily benefits the album in any way Aaron do you think it benefits the album in any way Oh, no, not at all. Nothing. Oh, okay. No benefit whatsoever. Uh, it, this song, I would absolutely feel fine with leaving off the album entirely. I don't think you would lose anything. I think the beat is kind of cool on this one. I think the hook is way too busy. Their verses are pretty good. I mean, listen, if this is a strand of weed that Robbie has never had, it's a strand of weed I've never had either. When I go to the grocery store, I don't think about all the turkeys that I wouldn't mind stuffing. I think... Everybody knows I'm high. They smell it on me. They hate me for it. And the cops are on their way. Get these Oreos and get out in five minutes. Dude, I'm glad to hear you say that because I literally walk through the grocery store thinking I fucking smell it and I hate this person and I want them to (laughs) leave. So I'm glad that at least people are aware that I just walk around with boiling anger and hatred at the grocery store. Okay, but you live in a legalized state, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. So that's... It's more frightening for me because uh, legal repercussions. Anyways, I think Monoxide's very last verse just conceptually is really funny. Just go wanting to go to the mall, getting high to go to the mall to get a pretzel from Annie Ann's 
and getting thrown out because he's got a boner because <laughs> all these women are just so hot around him. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, this song doesn't really add much to the album. It also, it isn't so bad that I'm like, ah, oh, turn this shit off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. You could take it off and I'd be fine with that. Well, all right. Let's talk about another song that I don't know. We'll find out whether it's fine or whether it should be left off. When Robbie tells us about the song Controversy. All right. Uh, this is, we're getting back into the themes. This is, you know, political twisted. They're talking about controversy. Lies galore from Lincoln to Al Gore. And now we hide under a bush and I can't take it anymore. Uh, is That's just some lines. I think, I, I do like, think it's funny. I mean, it's it's in the rhyme scheme. I obviously, I get it, but. It's very funny to, to man from to Abraham Lincoln to Al Gore. These politicians are the worst. Besides the good weed, what the fucks in Afghanistan? It takes us back to a point that Eric made a while ago. And that, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think Twisted are invested in this concept with their whole chest. You know, I think they, they really want to make a an album about the state of the world and, 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 and some of the half truths and weird things that we, you know, deal with. But I also think they are always high, like wake and bake, sleep and bake, dream and bake. Guys, these are <laughs> these are weed and a half boys. So uh, that comes through <laughs> in in some of the some of the messaging. I do all I do like that Monoxide's kind of grounded and talking about you know the modern climate of things, and then Madrox is a lot more abstract and kind of uh, stream of consciousness. I think that's a cool back and forth. They did that in an earlier song and I mentioned it and I'm doing it again here. Uh, I'd love to read. I have. I don't have it in my archives. I got to maybe go to the, the dentist or something and sit in a waiting room and see if I can find that Time Magazine or Time Life Magazine rather with that interview with Nostradamus. I missed that one. But <laughs> Yeah, that uh, one went right by me. <laughs> yeah. Strange. Yeah. yeah I, I guess I didn't realize that Time Magazine was around that long ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I collect, but um, some of the older ones, some of the, like the, the Nostradamus uh, person of the year <laughs> right. cover story, uh, it's hard to come by. Big, big eBay bucks. Life magazine was established in 1883. Time magazine was established in 1923. Time Life was established in 1961 and publishes books and music. Nostradamus died in 1566. And let's see, yeah, I mean, I don't know, is the government going to sell us to aliens? Couldn't tell you. I'm not super nervous about it, but now that I've thought about it, something to think about. Yeah, overall, I think this song has a cool vibe and is, is, I like it. I don't, I think, like like you said, held up to scrutiny. What's it about? I couldn't tell you. But uh, but I but I like it uh, if I'm not holding it up to scrutiny, which I rarely ever am. I'm not I'm not usually picking through these with a fine tooth comb. I'm just vibing, baby. And I'm here to vibe on this one. Aaron, what are your thoughts? So I actually in my notes here had uh, set a reminder to write out the lies galore line in hard lines on the day this episode releases. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, this listen lies galore from Lincoln to Al Gore. That is just <laughs> what uh, put it on a shirt. Was Al like, Gore put that on a shirt line lying about the global warming that they talk about in this song? I guess or, yeah. or the internet. Oh, yeah. or just his running for president. I'm not that sure. Something. You know, and now that we hide under a bush, I just can't take it anymore. 
Yeah, I think that this beat is cool as hell. I think that they're they're all in on this message and this theme 100%. Overall, though, I feel like this song is a little forgettable. And I think the only reason I say that is because it comes after two silly songs. And it's sort of the bullshit that gets us back into like the actual theming. You know what I mean? Like this is the jump start to get us yeah. back into the album. Uh, and I, so I think it kind of gets hidden a little bit because of that. I think the hook is a little bit weak, but uh, yeah, their flows are fine. The theming is consistent. I just think that the song is a little bit forgettable. Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say off the top, I like the way the song sounds. It's a, it's a good song to listen to. I, I'm glad to be past uh, the, the two weed songs and, into some other stuff. So now we're back to, as you said, being lied to by the government, being prescribed pills, fighting in wars, global warming, some light anti-vax stuff in there. Oh yeah. And uh, aliens. Yeah. Again, I would like to comment on one of the things you said, Aaron, you said, I think they are fully invested in this theme and message. And I agree with half of that. I think they are fully invested in this theme but I don't think they know what their message is outside of things are bad and that's not good. And yeah. they're, you know, they're not offering me up an opinion on it. They're not offering me up solutions. They're just saying, let me talk about a lot of stuff that's going on and let you come to the conclusion that it's bad because it, we're saying it like it's not good. I will say this was the point in the album after doing probably three listens where I sat down and I was taking my notes and I was listening with some scrutiny and I wrote the note. I'm starting to wish I had never listened to this album enough times to get a feel for what they're saying, because I like these songs better when I just didn't pay enough attention. So that's Fair. that's kind of how I feel after listening to this song. Well, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to try. The next song is called Get Ready. Let's talk about it. Violence is <laughs> on it. Uh <laughs> I was going for some big, can we get, no one fucking needs that. Let's just get into track nine, baby. It's get ready. Eric, talk to me. Ah, yes. Get ready. I will to talk to you about it. Yeah, you're right. Violent J's on this track. Uh, I think his verse kind of sounds a little weak here, but I think that in the location of where this is on the album, it's still good to hear him and get that little breakup. Uh, to keep you interested in, in tonally. I like this beat a lot. It's it's pretty minimal and dark. Uh, I think that it, that it's really good. I think that uh, I think this hook sucks. And I think it's because of the chanting in the hook. I, I am of the opinion that Twisted and ICP at times sort of lean on chanting hooks as sort of uh, as a crutch. And it comes across as lazy. And I think that this one is no different. This is exactly what that is. A line that I like today, I'm quite pissed and looking to start shit. <laughs> it seems very proper. And I just, I, I appreciate that. I don't know. It, st it stood out to me. Cause I was like, what the uh, yeah, it seemed very, very proper. So Jamie, um, very proper. I like it. Also, I am going to knock it, though, because the line previous to that ends with shit. So really, he was just rhyming shit with shit. But uh, oh, well, yeah, no, I think that this song is pretty good. I think the hook's weak. Uh, Violent J's verse objectively feels pretty weak. But 
I like hearing him tonally this late in the album. It's a nice little breakup. Uh, Jamie and Paul do pretty good on their verses. Good times. Have some backwards talking at the end uh, in, in some sort of bridge. I, I don't know what it says. I'm hoping Eric knows. Eric, get ready because I'm about to throw to you. I, I was ready for it. I knew it was coming because you had already said my name. And uh, I don't know what it says at the end. Oh, I can th- I can chime in if you'd like. Uh, sure, go for it. I'm on Genius.com right now, and it's written backwards, which is frustrating. Mustard, we've fought about this before, and we'll fight about it again. But it says, a whole day with a hole where the throat used to be. Huh. Okay. Cool. That's all. Back to Eric. Uh, Eric. So, Aaron, I disagree no, I can't disagree. I have different feelings than you have on aspects of this song <laughs> because Fair. I can't disagree with your feelings. They're yours. We've talked about this before. I love ICP's gang vocals. I think they sound fucking great. I've never heard them on a track where I went. I wish that wasn't there. I, for the most part, feel the same way when Twisted does it, and I don't think they do it a lot. So uh, I don't mind that here. But I will say, when I first started listening to this, it caught my attention. This is a different sounding song musically. It's a very unconventional beat. It sounds like something Dan the Automator would have built in the late 90s. I could hear this on like the first Dr. Octagon album or something. But my issue is, I'm not sure what they're doing with it here makes a lot of sense. We've got this sort of chill, spacey beat, and they're coming in with this high energy talking angry they're all about fighting and kicking people's asses and you better get ready for the fight of your life and i'm like whoa mismatch here sometimes mismatching the beat can be cool but i like both halves i i think i like the beat for what it is i don't mind their angry fighting song i just think if you wanted to make a song about paranoia and aliens Put it over this beat. That would have been cool. If you want to make a song about like fighting and being angry and don't fuck with me kind of stuff, put it over a beat that feels fitting of something like that. So I don't hate the song. I just don't think I like the two pieces together. I would actually look forward to a remix of this where they put this song to a more fitting beat. And I actually kind of like Jay's verse here. It's very of the era. He's an angry guy. He likes to fight. I think it sounds pretty good. I do have a question. I don't know if either of you will know. At the end, when they're saying, get ready, and then there's a sample saying, for the fight of your life, is that the RZA? Like a sample of the RZA saying, for the fight of your life at the end? Because it kind of sounds like it. I do not have a clue on that. I am not sure. Oh, okay. Uh, Those are my thoughts. I don't dislike the song, but I think that, that it could be better if they had used this beat for a better topic and different style of rapping, or if they had put a more fitting beat to their energetic fighting song. Robbie, what do you think? I am going to agree with some points and disagree with some points that everyone has said. Whoa. Because I'm, I'm my own man, you know? Yeah. Fuck you. No, that's uh, the next song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, let me scroll back my nose. Okay. Still going to agree and disagree with some points. I don't know what your points are on the next track. Uh, let's see. So I, it's interesting you brought up the RZA just now, sort of offhandedly, because uh, this, so something about early Wu-Tang, especially the first album, 36 Chambers, it reminds me atmospherically, musically, of being cold, but also in a fight. 
if that makes sense. Like like I'm thinking winter, like a maybe a crisp January night. There's a fight in the streets kind of thing, hmm. which is exactly what this song sounds like to me. I think it's largely it sounds like they're all taking it outside at a bar or something in each verse and and and, and going to go outside and, and fight uh, in in the cold, crisp evening air. And that's honestly, I think it works really well for that. I think it, it sets the vibe really well. I, I would also like to hear a version of this beat you know, that was used for something else. But I think for what it is, it's a weird choice, but it's a choice that I think works. It puts me in the right uh, emotional and, and, and vibing space, which I, which I'm, I'm here for it. You know, I like it. I think the chorus is really cool. Uh, it's again, a little bit menacing, a little bit spooky, a little bit uh, cold. I actually think violent J's verse is really cool. I think he raps really well. I don't think he says anything necessarily except that he's gonna fight but i think his flow is really good on it i think the blow a hole in your lungs hear it whistle and hiss as you slowly die is a is a cool way to end a verse yeah overall i mean this is if you told me hey make a list of all your favorite twisted songs this is not on it i wouldn't even think to put this on it but i'm happy to hear it here i like it and i think it's it's interesting and neat i i I would love to know where all these guys were you know uh, as friends, as, as creative partners or whatever, in that, you know, last we heard about Twisted and Violent J, there was drama, you know, left and right between the internet and then the fighting at the the Dark Lotus tour and all that. And then so now we've got Jay's been on three tracks on this album so far. Uh, Shaggy made a little appearance in the in the newscaster thing in the intro, but Jay has been on hooks. He's had two full verses at this point. So these guys either fully put that stuff behind them or they're just working you know to get to put together good music and and then separating the two but but it's it's cool to see them i don't think they've worked this closely in a number of albums so it's interesting um what you're saying is you think they might be talking about each other on this track oh you know it's not impossible honestly (laughs) uh i don't know if if uh monoxide and jay uh have shared ladies by chance but uh if so could be could Could be be. well shall we move on to the next track yeah you never have to ask man you just go oh okay yeah sorry uh where i don't have to ask anymore only if you like to don't you can ask if you feel yeah like it might not be okay correct but i feel like i just i never want to assume hey man go with your gut you know my gut's telling me we should move to track 10, so I think I'm going to introduce it, and I'm going to throw it to Eric, and then we can continue from there. Does that sound good with you guys? That sounds like a good plan, but you don't have to check with us. I, oh, okay. Uh, we, so I'm, I'm cool with every part of it except you checking with us. Yeah. Ah, okay. I will I will put that in my notes. Don't check next. Okay. Track 10. Eric, what are your thoughts on F pound sign percentage KU on the actual album art. I don't think there's a pound sign. I think it's just F space percentage KU. <laughs> oh, really? On uh, Spotify, it has the pound sign. Yeah. Look at so, the actual album art. I don't think there's a pound sign. I think it's F percent K. Back of the booklet is what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. And it's F pound sign percent. Back of the CD case, there's no pound sign. So, controversial. oh, yeah. Hmm. They gave me controversy. You're right. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. You, you know what? Twisted, fuck you. 
and Lavelle wow. and ABK and Blaze because you're all fucking up on this track. Yeah. Eric, what are your thoughts? I think when I first heard this song, I was just listening in the car and there was a point in it where I was like, is this intro to this song ever going to end? And I looked down at how long and I was like, oh, there's only like 20 seconds left on this track. And then I felt better about it because I was like, <laughs> OK, I was like, because it does it feel when it starts, it feels like the intro to a track and it's about to like kick in. And I'm like, it's just never happening. And it's a minute long. It's just an interlude. And I was like, all right, this is fine. It's a it's like a chant that coming out of that fight song, this feels like you're getting hyped up to fight. And it's definitely the kind of thing that I could see as like a call and return at a live show. It's fine. I'm glad it's short. Doesn't add much to the album, but it's here. Robbie, what do you think? Yeah. So I said, uh, basically, yeah, this does not need to exist. It's like a skit, but it really adds nothing to the album. I'm also glad it's short. I don't love this, but I sure hope in the near future we do not hear a much worse version of this song. I just am going to cross my little fingers and just hope that doesn't happen. It's weird that you brought that up. It kind of makes me feel like that's going to happen now. Uh Uh-oh. No, no, just a desire I have for it not to happen. I'm just saying if there was like a volume two or anything to this album series. Oh, good. I would hope I would just hope they didn't do like a rock kind of version of that. No, track. No. That, that would be not good. <laughs> Shit! I can't wait. Uh, yeah, Aaron, what do you think? <laughs> uh, okay, so just for posterity's sake, I went over to Genius, and uh, on Genius, no censorship whatsoever. It's just fuck you, F U C K U. Wow, can we put in an edit on that? That's not correct. Yeah, yeah, we could probably just make it F space percent K. Uh, Ooh, I don't know how to edit the title. Oh, then fuck it. Yeah, you can't. I don't think you can. It's not worth it. Uh, Yeah, not worth it. But uh, Mustard, get on that. Yeah, I have the exact same thoughts as y'all. This does not add anything to this album whatsoever. Uh, I'm glad it's short. Eric, I was kind of the same thing. I was doing dishes while I was listening to it the first time. And I had my headphones in. My phone was in my pocket. I was like, Jesus Christ, can this fucking intro end, please? <laughs> yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, there's this almost done. OK, yeah. that's this is just what this is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I like the song or I liked the sense of relief I got when I was like, how the fuck long is this? Oh, it's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm kind of, yeah, big, big same here. OK, well, then let's move on to track 11, which is an actual song. This one is called mm-hmm. Feel This. Robbie, do you feel this? I feel lots of this. Uh, I don't feel the entirety of this. Here we go. <laughs> juggalo, clap, clap, juggalo, clap, clap. From the front to the back, juggalo, clap, clap, juggalo, clap, clap. Juggalo, clap, clap. Uh, so on and so forth. You, you, you see what I'm doing here? Um, I don't need that at all. I don't feel that. I don't like it. It's obnoxious. I... And you know what? In 2005, maybe I would have clapped along. In in 2023, I've got different feelings and attitudes towards the word juggalo, and maybe that's me bringing my own mess to the party. But boy, is that an obnoxious intro. Outside of that, man, uh, Jamie Madrox is fucking good at rapping. I'll tell you that right now. This guy, he raps. And he raps in a way that I think is good. Monoxide's first verse is fine. Second bomb noise on this track we get from Monoxide on this album, replacing lyrics. Uh, there's two instances where he says, I'm going to, and then 
or something and then there's a bomb noise you know i don't know if there's new studio technology where he had a bomb drop sound that he wanted to <laughs> he just had a button his money's worth he could yeah. just hit it when he needed to <laughs> yeah he was just playing around he was like this is fun let's put this uh oh you know what i had a lyric here where i was gonna say bomb or something let me just drop that there and then did it twice but yeah, I, I th- I'd say outside of the first Madrox verse, which I think is very good, I think the rest of this song is just fine. I'm not super impressed with it. And the intro and outro really annoy me. Um, but yeah, that's 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 me, baby. Aaron, tell me what you think about Feel This. Yeah, no, i uh big fan of this song. I love Tom's oh. second verse. Uh, where do we go from here? I'm feeling this. Turn all the lights down now. I'm feeling this. Smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> I'm feeling this. Our breathing's got too loud. I'm feeling this. You know, show me the bedroom floor. Show I'm me the bathroom this. mirror. I'm feeling this. We're taking this, this way too slow. I'm Take me away this. from here. I'm I think that this, this song is great. Uh, yeah, it was. I thought it was kind of weird that uh, there was a Blink-182 song in the middle of this album. But I'm a big fan I I, of it. You might, you might have had the wrong files. Ah, shit! Is that what happened? Fuck. Yeah, you might have been on uh, shuffle all artists Spotify. Shit. Yeah. Oh, that's so strange that it shuffled this album correctly in order, except for one song <laughs> where it gave me Blink 182. Hey. They're working on the technology. Statistically, <laughs> the odds if you shuffle everything on Spotify that you would get. All of these songs in a row, but just track 11 replaced by a Blink-182 song are just as good as getting no songs from this album, statistically. Hey, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. That is absolutely not true. It's not true in statistics or in probability. I agree with uh, Robbie. I don't need this intro or outro. I think that if you just shave those two things off and give me what's in the middle, I would love it. I think that the verses uh, hit hard as fuck. Jamie is just f- spitting the hottest fire imaginable. Super hot fire. I spit that. I can't even think about moving my mouth as fast as as Jamie is here. And even like Paul, honestly, at times as well. I think that the uh, the beat is really cool. The chorus is pretty good, but their verses are absolutely what make this song like so good. And what and just this song, I feel like the best way to put it is it is it's technically impressive. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Eric, what are your thoughts? I think if you took off the intro and outro, which you should absolutely and throw them in the garbage, mm-hmm. you would have another one minute interlude song after a one minute interlude song. And I don't think that's a terrible thing. I think this is another unconventional weird beat, but I like what they do with it. I don't think the song is really about anything. It's just about being rappers and stuff. And that's okay. After controversies, all of those thematic elements that they were talking about, just stop. Those are gone. We're talking about none of that stuff anymore. That's all gone. And this one, I think, is the most not talking about anything specific. It's just sort of a straightforward rap versus just flexing your skills. And I'm all right with that. And that's, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. my thoughts. Yeah. I th- yeah, I agree. I think uh, Aaron brought up a point that, that jogged something for me where you said it was, you couldn't even imagine 
rapping that fast. And I was thinking that while I was listening to this, I was like, man, he's really enunciating all of these words. Yeah. So quickly. <laughs> like it's not it's not sloppy. He's not he's not mumbling anything. He's just hitting these crisp syllables. And uh and I'm here for it. Another thing I'm here for, hey, you know what? A little bit of a spoiler alert, but it's a light spoiler because I got more thoughts later. Uh Entity featuring Shaggy Two Dope with additional vocals by Blaze, my dead homie. Uh Aaron, talk to me about Entity. Yeah. Uh so we're back to a sort of darker, slower vibe after we had that that kind of fast-paced hype uh track in Feel This. Really good to hear Shaggy in here. I think that he did well. Uh, and this is another very ICP conceptually, you know, conceptually ICP type vibes of a song. You know, uh, it's talking about you move into a you, you're moving into a house where a ghost lives and they're trying to, you know, basically they're saying you got to get the fuck out. But the ghost is going to try and trick you and make you stay. But you got to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I, th- I think this song is pretty good. I think the execution uh, is good. The verses are interesting. It's great hearing Shaggy in there. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a fan of this song. Robbie sounds like he's also a fan of this song. I'd love to hear if Eric is a fan of this song. I am a fan of this song. I think it's a lot of fun because it's about living in a house haunted by an entity, and they're each talking about their different experiences, and then the hook. Let's you know, like if you're experiencing this type of scenario, if you're haunted by an entity in your home, here's a quick list of things you need to do. Get the fuck out. Don't take anything with you. Don't stop to worry about the blood on the floor. You just go. And if it tries to trick you into staying, just run away. And I think that's fucking funny. I think that really works. Yeah. More than pulling in ICP vibes. I feel like this has big, dark Lotus vibes and it it's yeah. it uses a dark Lotus formula where they're like, here's a concept. It's you're in a house that has an entity in it and the hook is going to be you got to get the fuck out of there. So just tell me about your experience. And it reminds me of like a, like a doornail Dorothy or what was I don't even remember which song it was where they're talking about the haunted house. And each one of them is telling their different story about the different rooms in the haunted house. Uh, oh yes hell house yeah hell house for sale that's it this this gives me big vibes there i really like shaggy's verse on it as well he sounds great here uh i mean when it comes to icp showing up in guest verses and guest elements this album is probably near the top of their contributions to a non-icp album i think they both do great stuff i kind of wish there's a little more shaggy because i like what he does here but I think this is a super fun song. I dig it. Robbie, do you dig it? I do. I do dig it. Yeah, I I fully agree about the Dark Lotus vibes. And I want to make a correction, a cryptic correction, before anyone can fucking yell at me because I just said something offhandedly and now I've looked it up. The song's called Hell House, not Hell House for Sale. That's just the Hell House. Yeah, it's on Black Rain. Yes, it's Hell House. I just, for some reason, I was picturing it and I'm like, for some reason, I thought about I thought they were talking about buying each buying a house. And I'm like, are they in a haunted house? And like, I just couldn't picture where it was. But yes, that's right. I just didn't want anyone coming for me for saying the wrong title. And if they do now, sued. Well, thank you for the so, cryptic correction. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think the song's really cool. Um, Jamie starts it off great. I, I communicate with the dead through seven LCD screens, all programmed to channel 13. I think that's... That's classic Madrox spooky stuff. 
Yeah, I, I love the concept. I love that you got to get the fuck out. Shaggy's verse, I, I like a lot of it. These demons and spirits, spirits and demons are homies, is maybe one of the clunkiest things. Just the delivery is off offbeat. It's very weird, which is a Shaggy thing. I get it. But I, every time I hear that, I go like, what? Ooh, ooh. Spirits are demons and demons are what? You know what Shaggy um, does that's cool, though? He directly refers to that Madrox line you were talking about, where he's like, Madrox likes Channel mm-hmm. 13, but I prefer Channel 17. Right. Yeah, that's uh, you know what? And you go, hey, what are you, an ICP or something? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, uh, Monoxide, uh, on an unsloppy note, uh, says the, the way he says, I'm not a skeptic. The message was intercepted is very uh, I like the, the internal uh, syllables there. I think that's a cool rhyme scheme. Yeah, I think I think this is top notch. It's it's the only horror themed song on this whole album. Uh, unless you count the horrors of the world, and I think it's 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 perfect for that. It does it does the job of four horror theme songs in one because it's so well executed. And I say thumbs up to the entity, and that's all I say. Rad. Hell yeah. Well, I'm not even gonna ask. Fuck you guys. We're moving on to the next track. It's called the argument. Eric, what are your thoughts? Thanks. Tell me now. My thoughts are this is a very serious song. Nothing really funny, lighthearted, nothing horror themed. I mean, outside the horrors of life on a not macro level, but a very micro level, like for an album that conceptually is about looking outward at the horrors of the world. This one is about not only looking at the horrors in your home and relationship, but in yourself It's really a song about fighting with your significant other and breaking up and also fighting with your own faults and inner demons. I think it's a very serious topic and seems pretty heartfelt. I think Paul inserts some of his own true to life, real relationship elements into this. Pretty good. I don't love the hook. Uh, The song feels like it should hit a lot harder for the subject matter and what it does. We almost get crying lady on the phone, but it's not. Instead, we have Annette and her crazy girl, and it definitely sounds more like they are reading lines or being told what to say. So it doesn't it doesn't feel like a sample of something that's like as legit. But interesting note to end the album on for sure. Definitely doesn't pull together the themes of the album, goes in a completely different way, or maybe is making a comment on how the pressures of the world impact you and your relationships. I don't think it does, but if you really want to try and put it together, you could. Robbie, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to sort of do a version of that and quibble a bit, uh, because you had said earlier that once we get past uh, controversy, the themes of the album kind of fall apart. And I think that's uh, true and false in, in, in somewhat equal measures. Uh, the themes of you know government and, and things like that fall apart. But I think the goal for this album was kind of, if you're looking at the, the, the man's myth and mutant duo, was to show all of the, the sort of traumas of modern life, I guess. And I think arguments and relationship problems are one of those things. Uh, and the booklet even mentions are ghosts real, which I think uh, brings entity into it. So I think that it's it's a little bit uh, 
sloppy maybe but i do think those are intentional parts of of this this okay not narrative but the, but thematic uh you know th- these are things that could make you a mutant with all these i wouldn't have uh, thought about the Trump. entity being part of that because it doesn't read that way and maybe <laughs> to me the fear that ghosts might be real is just not a a real thing that i ever worry about but uh Absolutely. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I hear what you're saying, though. And for them, that might have been part of it. I guess when I said it, I meant more the grabbing news headlines and trying to talk about uh, current events all goes away in that regard. So, yeah, those things, those things are gone. Yeah. You know, they've been they've been they've been touched on. Yeah. Now we move forward to arguments between significant others. I agree. We got a we got a we got a voicemail lady. It's not hitting me as hard as the uh, the ones on Crypto Collection Three because it's more of an arguing lady, which is thematically perfect, but uh, doesn't doesn't pull at my heartstrings in the same way. Uh, Monoxide's verse here, I am a huge fan of. Really like this, especially coming off of the stuff we talked about in 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 the Chainsmoker episode. He's uh, like owning some of it, which is a first, honestly. Like uh, he's talked about these situations with women and 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 mothers of his children and and all of that and 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 not having children in his life so on and so forth and and this i think the fact that he even says you know i can't blame her because i know that i'm a dick and things like that and and he's kind of uh trying to speak to the child in this scenario uh and 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 try to explain you know hey i you know things are a little crazy and and that's that. I think that's uh, like the most mature take we've seen on this theme from him ever. And I think that's cool. Uh, I, I like the hook, uh, the Madrox singing on here. I think his singing in the last handful of albums has stepped up quite a bit. But I don't know if it if it. I don't know if the musical bed suits the hook quite. I feel like there could be something added that would play with the vocal a little bit better. I don't know if that's an instrument or a drum or something. But Maybe there's. It, it seems like it hits. It, it, they, they seem a little separated, and I kind of wish maybe something in the production had had lent itself a little stronger to that hook. But overall, I like this one. I think it's uh, it, it's it transitions really nicely out of the last one. It goes from something a little bit silly and spooky to something a little more serious, but tonally, like if you didn't speak English, I think they they kind of sit well together. And I think I think that's a cool effect to go from from probably the most far out, not silly, but like what would I call that? Like the most far out, like fantastical thing on the album to probably the most pinpoint you know yeah uh, more real real life thing. yeah yeah so i think i think that's neat um but i would love to hear what aaron thinks about it and i'm gonna stop talking and let him talk right now what i kind of concluded with this song is this song feels like they were getting together to pull everything for this album and they said okay we need something generally serious and dark to end the album out to make everybody feel the gravity of this and they didn't really think whether or not it would fit with the rest of their theme with the rest of the theme of the album you know tonally yeah it's dark and serious and it sounds a lot like what we've heard uh and so that works in that regard but thematically i just don't feel like it's quite there that being said i I think it's a pretty good track the samples at the beginning you know yeah it's more argumentative it's not really crying voicemail lady but uh it kind of works i think it kind of works 
the verses are pretty solid. The hook is lacking for me, but I think that it works for what it needs to be for the rest of this song. Because uh, I really feel, obviously, you know, we have one more track to, to talk about, but I really feel like this was the album ender that they just wanted to be the serious album ender that we've seen them, you know, want to do in the past. Yeah. All right. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the last track. This one doesn't have a number. It just has an asterisk and it's called bonus flavor. This is Lavelle, Isham, ABK, Blaze, Shaggy, Violent J and Twisted all together. And this is a remix or cover of the 1995 Looney's song. I got five on it. Robbie, what do you think of this? Well, I think this is a lot of fun. I'm glad it's a bonus track because it, you know, doesn't super fit on the album. But as a bonus track, I'm glad they did it because I like hearing it. So I was I've heard this a million times. I've heard the other one a bunch of times, maybe not a million, but, you know, I heard it on the radio two days ago and I was taking my car to the shop. Don't worry. Things are fine. We got the air conditioning fixed. It might break again, but we'll deal with that when we get there. Uh, As far as this song goes. I was, oh yeah, that's where I was going. I was unclear as to how um, direct of a cover it was. So I listened to it while reading the lyrics of the original on Genius. And it's basically exactly, you know, one for one a cover. Uh, There's a couple lines that are changed just because people say their own names instead of the rapper that was originally on its name. But we've got, uh, we've got Lavelle as Drew Down. We got Madrox as Numbskull. Isham as Richie Rich. Blaze as E-40. Monoxide as Yuckmouth, uh, Shaggy as Shock G, and then Jay as the Humpty Hump version of Shock G. So they split his parts, which I think is cool to have ICP in the capacity of a guy and his alter ego. I think yeah. that's a lot of fun. That's fun. Uh, and then we've got ABK as Spice One, and 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 you know Blaze belting out that hook. I think it's uh, I think it's a really fun way to take this album out, and I uh, I'm here for it. I support it. I appreciate it, and I say. Good night to Mansmith when it ends. Aaron, what do you think? I love that this is not tacked on to the end of the real album ender. I love that this is its own bonus track. I think it's really fun. I think that they do it pretty well. Uh, it gives it gets me a nice in a nice smiling mood whenever I hear it. It's it's fun, but it it doesn't fit with the rest of the album. So it should just be a bonus track. Great bonus flavor. You know, you get to hear a lot of different people on this track. It's a fun way to get together all the people that worked on this album and just say, hey, guys, let's have some fun to finish it out. Great job. Eric, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are I was like, oh, a third weed song on one album. Okay, And then it starts with I'm pretty sure it's Isham going re 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 remix. And I'm like, this is not a remix, though. This is. This is a cover. And at first, like the first couple of times I listened and I had to listen to them side by side to try and determine, I thought maybe they had sort of Rada style, just straight up jacked the instrumental and hook from the original song. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, it's not. I think they rebuilt this beat, probably sampled part of the original. Blaze clearly redid the hook. I was like, damn, I'm not sure whether I'm impressed or baffled that they took the time and effort to do this. (laughs) Maybe a little of both. Honestly, everybody shows the fuck up on this track, though. They're clearly having fun. They all sound great. I don't know. It 
it does seem really weird for it to show up right after the argument because <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to be where it is. Uh, maybe drop this as a single or something. It's definitely fun to hear. I mean, this is a classic beat, a classic song. Even if you don't like songs about weed, you can't not bob your head to this track because it's just a good track. I, you know, Aaron, as glad as I am that they didn't put a giant gap of space. If I had it on a CD, I think this would be a prime example of a track that would be a proper hidden song. You know, after, you know, oh, I thought the album was over. And then five minutes later, a new song started. I think this is prime hidden track fodder for physical media. But mm. on on digital, on streaming, I'm glad it's not like that. Fair. Yeah, that is fair. And also the, the re re remix thing uh, that you touched on is in the original song. Oh, is it? I didn't even catch that. OK, well, that's why it's there. Yeah. And then never mind. Fuck me, I guess, uh, for not knowing the song that the well. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the Loonies version, which is on the album and just has the, the guys in Loonies. And then there's the remix, which is like everyone that was popping in the Bay Area at the time. that's not named Too Short. OK, I don't know if I know that version of it. I feel like I only know the original version. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good. Check it out. E40's on there. He's doing exactly what Blaze is doing, but sounding more like E40. Oh, I see. And the original one is the one that I was comparing this to when I was listening side by side as well. OK, yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, R.I.P. R.O.C., because uh, Aaron brought up a good point in that everyone that worked on this album is on here. And no, no, no Brian. He's oh, he's left that's away. true. Oh, shit. And oh. he did a lot of production. So, you know, maybe he maybe uh, they should have called him Dying instead of Brian. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Could have. Or the D.I.E. D.I.E. Yeah, there you go. Check out the Patreon bonus clip for context on these stupid jokes. Fuck yes. We got to talk overall thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Eric. Yes. Take it away. Fuck. I don't know my thoughts on this album. Like just to listen to. I like this album. I was super relieved. Like I said, to hear this album after Chainsmoker, uh, I was like, I'm really worried at that point. I'm like, uh oh, if this is where stuff is headed, I don't know if I'm on board for it. But then I listened to this and I was like, yeah, this is cool. Paul and Jamie sound fucking great. They're going hard. They're they're getting really lyrical here. There's some really good music on it. Yeah, there's some bad skits, (laughs) but it was it was really when I started paying attention to the album and I was like, this thing is unfocused. It's focused, but completely unfocused. Like they thought they had a concept, but they didn't really have a concept. And I'm not even just talking about the overall album or from song to song, like even within an individual song or within an individual verse. Sometimes I'm like, you're all over the place. What you know, what are you actually saying here? It almost sounds like they're making some serious sociopolitical statements. If you're just listening at a high level, right? If you're not paying much attention, you're like, damn, they're talking about hard hitting stuff. But when you pay attention, it's surface level, it's mixed, it's kind of aimless. For an album packed with social and political imagery and lyrics, it feels like an album that never focuses enough to actually make a statement. It's more like, hey, there's upsetting stuff on the news. That's heavy shit, right? Also, aliens are real. But I don't know. I know Twisted has made literal albums about weed, but I swear there's no album that could truly be more of a weed album at its core than this fucking Deep Thoughts album. Sounds good. I like it overall, but it's also like kind of goofy at its core, even though it's not trying to be. So those are my thoughts. My thoughts, they're they're kind of similar to Eric's. At the surface level, this is 
so great. I love. I think that they're going off. I think that the fucking beats are great. Are they talking? Are they diving super deep into any of the subject matter that they're talking about? No, they're making you aware of it. But that's about it. But I think that there are are some really great lines in here. I think that they mean well with a lot of the shit that they're talking on here. There's not a lot that I would cut other than pretty much every skit on this one and some interlude shit, right? But I think this is a solid, solid overall release. I I really, really think that Man's Myth, uh, it, it set me up for excitement for the next one, for volume two. We're just going to see if I like it as much. Robbie, what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, this was an interesting uh, experience in that I have listened to this album a lot over the years, and I've always kind of considered it mid-twisted. Like, it's not one of their better albums to me. It's uh, towards the lower end of my of my list, if I was to make a list of all the records ranking. There we go. That's the word. Uh, and then listening to this, you know, with the intentions of taking notes and really combing through the lyrics and 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 thinking about it more than just listening for pleasure. I actually liked it a lot more than I have previously. And uh, for that, I want to because I know I'm going to hear about it. I want to extend a polite apology and uh, beg forgiveness from Blade Brown, who loves this album. And I've always been like, eh, I don't know about that. And you know what? In retrospect, I love this album. I think it's really, really good. I think there is some stuff that I don't need. Uh, skits, every one of them. Take them all out. The intro, keep the intro, because I think it sets it sets a tone. But uh, boy, those funny skits, not that funny. Too long. <laughs> uh, I think all the songs are good. I might take out Fuck You, but it's so short, it's almost like, why? You know, and... and, and uh, the fact that it's the only version of that song we're ever going to hear and, and oh, you know, stop. isn't like rock based or <laughs> uh, makes it uh, palatable. But um, yeah, overall, I had a, a much better time with this than I expected to. And I expected to enjoy it because I've always liked it. But I thought a lot of the material was kind of uh, forgettable. And, and, and listening to it this time, I, I feel like I was wrong. I feel like a lot of it is memorable. And I think the rapping's great. I think the beats are on point. Lavelle has some really cool beats on here, which is interesting because he did a lot of the Chainsmoker stuff. And, I, you know, I think it was just a rushed project because I was like, man, maybe Lavelle's really mediocre at producing. And then listening to this, you know, he did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm glad ROC's back behind the boards. Fritz, it's it's the Twisted Dream team putting together a bunch of production. And I think that's really cool. So, yeah, I, I'm giving this a solid two thumbs up. Big fan. All right. Is it weird to say this is a really smart sounding dumb album? No, no, I, I think, think that fair. that yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Okay, but uh, um, but one that's good to listen to, like if it's fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah, I think they shoot for the shoot for the moon or whatever, uh, as far as conceptual and 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 brainy stuff goes. But I think ultimately, I mean, they they didn't like do deep dives on any of the subjects, so they're basically just stating that these are subjects, which I think thematically is kind of what they were going for in a sense. And they're like, man, the world's fucked up. But uh, but uh, yeah, they're not like scholars about it by any means so, no. you know, I, it's, it's what i would expect it's you know and this is going to sound weird to say it's yet another thing that gives me a little bit of icp vibes in the sense that we've talked about like jay thinks he's talking about something and i think he really believes he is but what he's saying is really nothing like you can't make yeah. sense out of like because every once in a while he'll get on a tear where he's like saying words 
that if you just hear them, you're like, man, that sounded deep. And then if you pay attention, you're like, that didn't mean anything. This kind of gives me that vibe a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. It's not oh, yeah. it's it's not to it's that level. No, it's no milk is good for the bones. If you'll recall from from Fred Fury, I believe uh, one of the all. No, it makes them weak earlier. and soft. Yeah. And uh, all you get is bones. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's no they don't they don't they don't reach those heights. Not of, quite. Uh, bullshittery. But uh, but yeah, but they're not, you know, like I said, they're not scholars here. They're just a couple of guys, relatable folks who say, you know what? Have you seen the things going on? Man, this is fucked up. I'm not going to dig into it, but it's fucked up. I mean, it's the kind of thing that you could absolutely go. Yeah, you're right. It is fucked up. Fuck that shit. Fuck the government. Fuck the news. Fuck aliens. Fuck ghosts. Fuck all that. (laughs) Fuck ghosts. Fuck ghosts. Indeed. Guys, we need to we need to pick our favorite track. Let's do it. I I have a few in mind, but I'm actually going to throw mine out first. Yeah, I feel like it's one that neither of y'all are going to pick and I'm tossing out. Feel this. Okay, interesting. Really? You're putting Juggalo Clap Clap on our list. I hate I I know. I know. I hate. Are we allowed to veto each other's picks? No, (laughs) no. All right. Uh, I, I hate that beginning and end, but everything in the middle is so technically super impressive and sounds good. And I, the beat is great. It's it's a great song other than the intro outro. Shit. Just put a Suicide Boys song on our list. <laughs> I mean, pretty much <laughs> tossing that on Eric yours. I have three that I would put there. Uh, I'm going to give you my runner ups first. Karma and Won't Die are my runner ups, but Entity is my easy choice. Okay. Karma was one of my runner ups. Uh, so I was uh, there was two clear ones and I was like, well, I'm not going to get, you know, one of them is going to get picked. So I'm going to have to go with the other. And now I am smack dab fucked because I'm having a hard time between karma and story of our lives, which I think is a story of our lives <laughs> was the, the single. Thing, right? I mean, if you want to put a representative track of this era, that would be a good one. But karma's great. It's true. Karma's great. Yeah. So that's that's tough. Um Aaron, which of the two would you choose? Karma was my runner up, runner up. I probably would choose Karma between the two, but God, I do love Story of Our Lives. It would have been in conversation as well if uh, if we were discussing. All right. Well, in a perfect world, they'd both be on there, you know. But we live in a world where uh, where Aaron picked Feel This. So yeah, that's uh, true. So it's good. the I'm- verses are great. The chorus is pretty good. The beat is fun. I'm just giving you the business. I'm going with <laughs> karma, baby. Perfect. All right. The Twisted With Us official playlist, if you can believe it. 30 songs. Big three zero. Hey, happy birthday. Two hours. Over the two hill. Two hours and one minute. Hey, now we're, we're fu- we've made it to a short road trip. That we have. Yeah. Y'all, you can find the playlist linked below or on our website. But we got to score this bitch. I'll get started. Music and beats. I was very impressed with this one. I, I, I didn't have a lot bad to say when it came to the music or the beats. I actually went with a four. I think that it was a really strong outing for their music and beats. Eric, you know, there were a couple of misses. Most of it was good. There was a couple of things that I thought were misses. I went with a 3.5 because I thought most of it was pretty good. Hell yeah. Robbie? 
Uh, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking down this track list right now, top to bottom, and I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm going team, Aaron on this. I'm going with a solid four. I think these are all good beats. There's a couple. There's a couple things that I'm like, yeah, it's okay, but that's why it's not a five, baby. Fair, absolutely fair. Lyrics and flows, again, pretty strong. I think that the hooks uh, overall were were relatively pretty good. You know, there are some some weak points here and there on the hooks, but I think that their verses were pretty song, pretty strong. There wasn't I can't point to a specific point in this album where I said, oh, Jamie sounded weak as hell there. Oh, Paul sounded weak as hell there. It was all great. You know, the, the all the features did pretty well. Uh, Violent J sounded a little weak, uh, in my opinion, but uh, still it was good to hear him. I think that the lyrics and flows were another strong aspect of this. Uh, although not as strong as the music and beats, I went three and a half. Eric. Yeah. I would say flows in the four, 4.5 range lyrics in the 2.53 range. Overall, I'm giving lyrics and flows a 3.5. Hell Thank yeah. You. Robbie. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll give mine and I'll say, I'm going to go, I'm going to just keep it on the same track. I'm going with, a solid four like i did with music and beats i think lyrics and flows here are really good i think this is you know these guys have been good rappers the whole time but they're elevated here in a way that i think is really good they like uh they're they're they, they're rapping like they got something to prove and i think maybe you know we had talked about some of this music taking a little dip in popularity and whatnot and and maybe they were like you know what we're coming out guns fucking blaze and we're gonna rap on this we're gonna have strong hooks and i think they pulled it off so yeah four on lyrics and flows hell yeah re-listenability this one i ended up giving a three uh overall positive i think that i would re-listen again there's not a lot of stuff on here that i would want to skip over or you know skip through yeah the skits are long and uh you know not funny but they're not so horrible that I would want to skip entire tracks or, or skip, you know, do any of that bullshit with it. So, uh, yeah, I give it a three, Eric. You know, our requirement is two listens for a review. We have to listen to the album twice, at least twice. There are albums I struggle to get to that second listen. This one I listen to way more than that. I in the past week, I've listened four or five times. I think the re-listenability is high. I don't know how often I'm realistically going to come back to it, but in the Twisted albums we've listened to so far, this one's very re-listenable to me. I went with a four. Cool, cool, cool. Robbie? Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I was I was between two points, uh, th- uh, 3.5 and 4, because I think this is really re-listenable, but there's a couple things where the pacing gets uh, saggy. You know, I think the the... The back and forth between fuck you and feel this don't necessarily hit for me off the chains weird, but it's still fun to listen to. So I think I'm going to go with 3.5 on this. It's 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 got realistability, but there's a couple little saggy little moments in there. All right. Certified saggy moments. OK, sure. overall vibe, by the way, longtime listeners know uh, we used to have a section where we would rate skits. But we ended up taking that that out entirely because skits just sort of started falling off 
they weren't consistently in large enough numbers on albums for us to regularly rate it. So now we just roll skits and interludes into lyrics and flows and music and beats. Yes. But I feel like this album could have a an argument to put the, it back in, but it also would destroy my rating of this album. So yeah, I it would think we should keep it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but overall vibe, our last section to score overall vibe. I think that the vibe is pretty consistent, even if it's not deep. I think that they had a gut feeling of what they wanted to do when they got in the in the studio to do this album. And they kind of stuck with it. Uh, I went with three and a half. Eric. Yeah, I think like the vibe or not, it is a relatively consistent vibe across the album. There's a few places where I'm like, how does this fit in? Why is this here? But it's more consistent than not consistent. I said it was a four for overall vibe. Hell yeah. Robbie? Uh, I'm going to go with a solid 3.5 in that I do think it's a consistent vibe. There's some detours, which I think are necessary to keep an album flow going. But it's it's hitting hard, but it's not taking it to that next level for me. So I'm going to go, yeah, 3.5 overall vibe. 3.5 overall vibe. Well... What, uh, Eric, what's that bring us to? What's the overall score well, for Man's Myth? This is a 3.6 repeating, which makes this album a four government lies, prescribed pills, fighting in wars, aliens and ghosts. My fellow citizens, at this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people and to defend the world from grave danger. Want to forget that horrible illness and move on? Yes. Take this pill and forget you were ill. Four government lies, prescribed pills, fighting in wars, aliens, and ghosts. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's four government lies, prescribed pills. I'm missing something in the middle, aliens and ghosts. Yeah, more or Perfect. less. <laughs> Perfect. Y'all... Thank you for hanging with us on this episode. I, I think that this was a, a very fun one to talk about. Uh, and I had fun talking with my two friends, Robbie and Eric. What would you call us? You need to hold the trademark, so don't stop saying it. My co-host with the Comos. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, that would be Eric. And then, of course, Robbie is my co-host tasteless with the Comos tasteless. Hey, uh, yeah, Pete yeah, yeah. from Juggalo Rewind, part of the UPC the underground podcast community brought up the fact that it wasn't cool that Robbie and I are co-hosts with the co-most. And I said, well, Aaron is also like, we're, we're all co-hosts, all three of us. There's not like Aaron is the host and we are the co-hosts. We are three equal one third co-hosts. Exactly. Co-do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just the one that uh, has the pleasure of saying it all the right, time. Right, right. We are that, also that, that's just That's why you, you know, never hosts. hear me refer to. Yes. We are hosts in a shared relationship, a throuple of hosts, if you will. So actually, if you want the technical, way. if you want the technical term for me, I'm the co-hostess cupcake with the co-mosis cupcake. Uh, Robbie is the co-host tasteless with the co-most tasteless. Eric is the co-host with co-most. Perfect. Love it. Yeah. Happy to hear it. So we, we cleared the air there. We cleared the air there. 
Next week, we're going to be clearing the air uh, in regards to Twisted's 2005 album, Mutant Volume 2. I'm very excited. I got to say, there's never once historically on this show been an episode that I'm more curious about. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) really? Uh, Now you've got my attention. Now I'm curious and nervous. I am nervous and curious. That's where you'll find me at the crossroads of curious and nervous. That's where we can Mm -hmm. find Robbie. But Eric, where can people find us? Well, I'll tell you what, you can go to our website. It's icpwwe.com. There you will find links to all of our stuff, our socials, our discord, which you should definitely join if you're a cool person and you like to hang out with other cool people. Uh, you can email us. You can buy merch. You can join our Patreon. All the links are at icpwwe.com. Whoa. Speaking of Patreon. Hmm. Hmm. $3 a month. Can you believe that? Let, let me run through some stuff you get here. Okay. For your $3 a month, you get weekly bonus content w- with every episode drop. Sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes it's half an hour. Yeah. Uh, this one, I will probably say I'm going to estimate it probably 20 minutes when it, it's yep. all said and done. That's true. Knowing what we talked about at the top of the episode. Uh, and listen, the only way you're going to ever hear that is if you're part of the Patreon. Uh, you also get a special channel to hang out in in the UPC Discord. Y'all get to have a direct line to the three of us, much like every other channel in the Discord. But, you know, that one is just for y'all. It's special. It's secretive. It makes other people jealous. You want to know how secret it is? If you're not a part of the Patreon, you don't even fucking see that channel. You don't even know it exists. It's wild. Like right? I'm yeah. allowing you to know that it exists right now by telling you about it. But you could be in it. Three dollars a month. You also get a special shout out at the end of each episode, which I'm going to do right now. Rob, Viron, Corey, Blade, I, Pete, and George from Works, Lunchbox, Scotty, Robbie, Austin, Baba Man, Andrew, Schmeev, Randy, Jiggles, Christian, y'all, thank you so much for the continued support of our boulders in which you are holding via older the, over the shoulder or under the armpit. Or thank under you. the armpit. Uh, two quick shout outs. Number one, we got a message from Christian, one of our patrons, letting us know that the OG ICP with Wii theme song sounds kind of like the credits music from the old MTV show Oddities. I went and listened and I said, damn, if there aren't some similarities there. It's true. Oh, shit. Really? I need to go check that out. That's funny. Yeah. I need to go check that. And uh, it's a show that I remember existing, but I never really watched. And Sparknuts pointed out yet another Valare reference in a song that I didn't catch last episode in the uh, Take Me Home Forgotten Freshness Volume 3. The hook says to my old school brown Valare. So, oh, man. I'm waiting to see if any others show up, but uh, there you go. There's at least four references of Valaris in ICP songs. Look at that. Can we make it five? We'll find out. We'll see. We will find out. Patrons, thank you for your continued support. Uh, If you're interested in joining the Patreon, you can find that link on our website, www.icpwwe.com. I had a fantastic time with you all today. I did too. What a fun album to talk about. 
this was a really fun album to talk about. It, it's always fun talking with you two gentlemen in, in particular. Agreed. I'm gentle today. Yeah. And like a man. You both make me always feel like a man. Yeah. Man, I feel like a woman. Yeah, exactly. Man. Shania Twain. I'm surprised Shania Twain wasn't in the list of women that. <laughs> Holy shit, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, listeners, what the fuck are you still doing here? Leave. Bye. Please leave. <laughs> Let's go, girl. Seven day sex one. Bye. is a member of the Underground Podcast Community, UPC. UPC.